from active time battling to zombie slaying, waffling tailors covers video games and beyond. In today's episode we cover the 1997 film Mortal Kombat Annihilation and all of its glory. We cover everything from stunt doubles to Sly Stallone and even the rebirth of the Mortal Kombat series as we know it today. Late breaking news from the edit. Squidge makes several references to the Super Mario Bros. movie in this episode. He's actually referring to the 1990s family fun action movie starring Bob Hoskins and John Luguizamo, not the CGI movie that was recently released. We record these way ahead of time, and the recording wrapped a few weeks before the release date of that movie was announced. So grab some snacks, sit back, and get ready for this episode entitled Mortal Kombat Annihilation. Look at you, look at Enjoy. Hello, greetings, and welcome to another edition of the Jammy Awards. This is the 37th annual edition. I'm in my jammies. Why are you not? I am here. My name is Squidge. It's not the Jammy Awards, unfortunately. I wish it was, although I am in my pyjamas most of the bleeding day. Bit of behind the curtain, behind the mic, behind the guy over there. Um, this is the Waffling Tailors. We are doing a To The Movies, because why the hell not? It's early in the morning, there shouldn't be two eight o'clocks in the same day, but I'm rolling with it. I'm hyped, I'm ready, we're covering a really awesome movie. But I am, I might as well introduce myself first, I am Squidge, that guy over there, what most people call me. Joining me today is my co-host, my guest, he's bald, he's sexy and he knows it, it is Jay. Make some noise, my dude. Final combat! I honestly thought you were going to go, look at you, look at But whatever, let's, let's just leave it like that. <laughs> It's uh, there's there's a, a very lack, a very high lack of cabal in this movie, other than a mm. uh, a quick mention, which I'm really annoyed at. But I'm surprised. Well, I'm not really surprised because you know what what actor would dare to try and play cabal? I ain't even told what movie it was, is it? We're we're, we're talking about a Disney film today, um, which is Mortal Kombat Annihilation. Which Frozen, I'll, that's the one. Yep. I'll, I'll explain why I think it's a Disney film. It's kind of peeking behind. Feather the curtain. We're, we're in the bathroom at the moment. We're peeking that far behind. Uh, we'll be in the garden soon. Yeah, if I go too far back, we'll be in the garden. So today we're going to be talking about Mortal Kombat Annihilation. Hands down, the most... Out of all of the, the video game movies I've ever seen, this is the most feels like made for TV. Mm-hmm. Um, movie I've ever seen. It's got kind of a Buffy the Vampire vibe to it. The first series. Yeah. Like, before they yeah. improved the cameras and Absolutely. got better stylists, you know. Um, Very early Buffy the Vampire Slayer, low budget, like color grading, messing with all that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah, mm. yeah. It's 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 got that kind of vibe. I mean, it it came out not Buffy came out not too long after Mortal Kombat Annihilation because it was nineteen ninety seven. So let's set the scene. Even though I can't remember that far back, I didn't see this in the cinema. Mm. More to my chagrin, I'm really annoyed at this. I'd love to see it on a big screen. Really would. Um, I don't think I saw the first one, the original, at the cinema. Right, I think the can't el- remember. I think the earliest I I remember is seeing the the episode one Star Wars film was the first film I remember seeing at the cinema. So mm. pray for me. You know, I, I've had better, I've had better cinema experiences since. Uh, I'm Dude, waffling on too much. Do you, do you know what I remember? Right, first cinema experience that I remember is both. I don't know if you can hear the. 
the don't talk about Sinner experience you'll get arrested they found you <laughs> don't talk about it <laughs> but yeah the, the first like cinema Kanto, experience we just don't talk about cinema we just don't <laughs> the, the, the first cinema experience I can remember that the pair of us went to was the Power Rangers movie so See, yeah. I know we went to the cinema but I don't know yeah. if that was the first one I don't remember it but we definitely saw the first one that's for sure so did I end up starting a fight with someone while I was there? Oh, wait, hang on. Like, You're talking about the Mortal Kombat movies. No, we didn't see the Mortal Kombat movies in the cinema. We had them rented on VHS. Damn it, the Power Rangers film. Did I start a fight with someone? No, but you did want to knee someone in the guts several times later on. Cool. And I won't say who that someone was, but that someone was me. Audible confusion. Okay. I like yeah, to yeah. subtitle myself if I can. That's it, right? What, I don't what get I'm to do saying, it that often. To clarify for you, Squidge, what I'm saying is you wanted to knee me in the gut several times. Because you remember the end of the movie? They don't actually destroy uh, the big bad guy. They just, uh, I think it's, I think oh, it's the Yellow it Ranger. Was... Yeah, yeah, I think it's the Yellow Ranger says this is the button for emergencies. And they slam the button and knees him in the guts. Uh, not yeah, really no, in knees the, him guts, in the but I'm trying to keep it. Yeah. Okay, I was trying to keep it family friendly, but yeah, okay. I'll beep it. Knees <laughs> him in the nuts. We'll, we'll, we'll yeah. beep that out. We'll beep that out. We'll okay, beep everything up till now. It starts now. So, welcome to the 30th Annual Slammy Awards. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so or Jammy Awards. Interestingly enough, right? <laughs> link there from what I said to Mortal Kombat Annihilation. Wait, did we already mention the name of the movie yet? Yeah, yeah. Okay, fair enough, yeah. Uh, link, direct link there from um, the Power Rangers movie to Mortal Kombat Annihilation. The person who plays the Yellow Ranger actually auditioned but was turned down for the role of Jade. See, I didn't know that. I've got yeah. some other facts. One, that's a really surprising fact. Fact for your face. Hey, hey, hey that, that's, that's bordering on copyright. That we can't get into. That's, okay, that's stealing right. someone's idea. You know, I'm not, some okay. sort of, I'm not some sort of whale of knowledge. Anyway, moving on. <laughs> Animal. Seriously, there was no excuse for that. So, that's staying okay. in. Right. So, a quick fact before we get into it. Um, yes. This movie came out in 1997, November 1997. It mm -hmm. took 16 million in its opening weekend, making it number one in the charts. Overall, worldwide, it took 51 million. Mm -hmm. Right? But it was still pandered by critics. And I'll get into this later on. I think I know why. But some of them, I don't have direct quotes for who said this, but the kind of things were like... <laughs> But yeah, zero so, context. Sorry. Yeah, zero context. Well, I'll just leave the zero context bit in and cut everything beforehand. Um, so that stayed in as well. This is getting all meta. Uh, but yeah, the low budget, shallow characters, special effects, and all the rest of it. That that's just all the good stuff about it. So before we start, I'll just mention this. This is my favorite today because I haven't seen the remake, the 2021 remake. This is my absolute favorite piece of Mortal Kombat media. To quote Dylan Moran, the Irish comedian, this film is fabulously stupid. I just love it. I could watch it all day. I really could. And that shows how nuts I am um, for wanting to watch this particular film all day. Uh, there are better, there are certainly better um, video game movies, and there's a lot worse um, mm -hmm. than this. So um, I'm ready to get started when you are. I know you've got lots of notes. I haven't got as many as you, but... Uh, did you want to, like, because we're, we're not going to go beat for beat. That's not how we do things anymore. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah. So for those of you who haven't heard our um, 
to the movies episodes recently, what we used to do was go through scene by scene and describe the movie. Um, we don't do that now. Nah. We actually pick two. The main crux of what we talk about is we pick two or three scenes that we really like or really hate and discuss those. Um, but we also do a lot of trivia about the film as we go through it. Um, yeah, so uh, quick, in case you've never seen any of the Mortal Kombat movies, this is based on, it's the second movie in what was supposed to be a trilogy, but ended up just being two. Um, uh, it's a direct sequel to Mortal Kombat 1995, which we are doing, by the way. Uh, we're just doing this one first. We are actually going to cover, so yeah, spoilers. Um, we are going to cover Mortal Kombat 95, Mortal Kombat Annihilation 97 in this episode, and then Mortal Kombat 2021. Was it 2021? I feel like it was. Yeah. Um, yeah. We may not do them um, back to back, but we are going to do them. So, you know, mm. we've, we've got those in the pipe. We've got our production team is working on them. And by production team, I mean Squidge and I. Um, so, yeah, this is Mortal Kombat Annihilation. Um, as Squidge said, it made 50 odd million at the box office, but it had a budget of 30 million. So really it only made $20 million all told. Which is, I mean, that's still, that. I mean, if somebody said to me, hey, you've done six months worth of work, here's $20 million, I'd be well happy with that. How would you feel about it, Squidge? I mean, certain films, they put so much million into it, and it's, you can look them up, I can't remember the names of them, but they, they made very, very little of the box office, like mm-hmm. chump change, like like $10,000, that's it. And it was, a, it was like 30 or 40 million, so this is no, by no means a flop, it made money. It's just Absolutely. it's not looked at fondly as much as I look at it fondly. Most people don't Absolutely. look at it fondly, and I'm hoping to change some minds just at how fabulously stupid this film is. Hopefully, I'm well, probably not going to, but I'll give it a go. Related to that, it's actually become a bit of a cult film, so people get together and watch it as a sort of um, comedy film. So that like it itself has become um, accepted as a sort of. Uh, comedy uh mocking the sort of quick cash tie-in video game movies of the 90s and yeah. so you know if you watch it with that lens it's hilarious yeah <laughs> so it's, you know it's weird because despite it being a sequel it's very inspired by mortal kombat 3 and mortal kombat 4 for an ins- yeah. for a, a rumored alternative ending which i'll go into later on because mm-hmm. i know about that yeah. i've i've got quite a few facts about well some facts. Well, a little, well, tiny little bit. Whale's drink it. A little bit. Yeah. To tease that, um, it was actually filmed, just never included in the movie. So there's there's yeah. celluloid of it out there somewhere. Um, so yeah, that's uh, yeah. So it, it, what I've when I was thinking about it, it's very clearly Mortal Kombat 3's plot with the characters of Ultimate Mortal Kombat three. Uh, for those who haven't played it, Ultimate Mortal Kombat 3 has like 12 extra characters or something like that. I'm sure that yeah. the, the big Mortal Kombat fans are sitting here going, Jay, you're getting it wrong. I can't believe you. You are the worst. And guess what? I am the worst. It's fine. Um, but you saved me having a go at you. I'm quite fond absolutely. of Mortal Kombat. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, like you said, there's some Mortal Kombat 4 thrown in there as well. Like, um, you know, we'll get into it later, but Sindel wasn't in Mortal Kombat 3. He was in Mortal Kombat 4. So, you know. She was in Ultimate Mortal Kombat 3. Wait, who am I mis- who am I mixing up then? Yes, Sindel was in Mortal, Ultimate Mortal Kombat 3. Sindel, the- Kid, Cyrax, Motaro. So, uh, stop, stop, stop. Um, so, you're mentioning characters. I know exactly who it is, but I don't know his name. He's on screen. He's the dad. Right? He's dad. like... Argh. Oh, Shinnok. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that's, that's the one. Shinnok, that's, that's yeah. the one. 
Yeah, he's from Mortal Kombat yeah. 4. So yeah, um, so there are elements of Mortal Kombat 4 in the theatrical release. But yeah, the, the ending of the second Mortal Kombat movie is supposed to set up a third Mortal Kombat movie, which is Mortal Kombat 4. Because the first Mortal Kombat movie is a mixture of the first and second. So, yeah. you know, that because because why deal with numbers, right? Let's do the George Lucas school of numbers. Let's mess with people's heads. Darva got the dude. <laughs> he was very successful at making movies that started halfway through a story, you know? He Quentin Tarantino before Quentin Tarantino. Absolutely. So I don't, I don't know which scenes you're going to pick, Squidge, uh, but I just want to mention this real quick. There's a scene, um, obviously we're going to talk about spoilers for the movie here, right? But Shao Kahn, played by, um, uh, oh gosh, what's his bleeding name now? Uh, Brian Thompson, right? He's got the most recognizable face in, in all of Hollywood, and he's amazing. Them cheekbones. Absolutely. We're not making fun of him. He's a brilliant actor. He looks Them menacing. cheekbones. Seriously. Absolutely. He looks super menacing, but I bet he's one of these people who looks menacing, but is actually like a teddy bear in real life. But um, yeah, so Shao Kahn What's after has, foster kittens. That's the one. He's a foster kitten. It's it's four foster kittens in a, in a trench coat. That's what it is. It's Muppet Man. That's it, right? So yeah, there's this scene where uh, Shao Kahn has kidnapped Kitana, and she's in a cage above the Mortal Kombat logo because reasons, and he hands her a uh, a chalice and says, you know. Uh, I do not wish for your death. I've written it down as the I do not wish for your death scene. And she mm. takes a, a mouthful of this wine or whatever and spits it back at him. All the way through that scene, right, it sounds like the music has been lifted directly from Resident Evil Jewel Shock Edition, where it's like, bling, 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 specifically the basement music, but played on a piano. That's what it sounds like. So, how would a, yeah, how would a trumpet sound like on a piano? I'm um, guessing well, if you... Is it either played or just dropped on it? Well, yeah, it, it depends oh. on which which end of the trumpet you're playing the piano with, right? Because if you're playing it with the wide end, you're going to hit several keys at the same time. If you're playing it with the mouthpiece, you're only going to hit one or two keys at the same time. I'm but if you play it... I'm just imagining someone trying to play it, but blowing into the wide end. <laughs> <laughs> it's not working! <laughs> pro tip folks don't play don't use the wide end of uh the trumpet as a mouthpiece otherwise you'll bring about um the singularity and end the universe okay it's like if you google google right i did that once it's not fun uh i got a a very rude telling off um so learn from my mistakes folks yeah i i know why katana spat it back in his face it was nothing to do with the plot she just didn't like ribena fair enough Blackcurrant juice. You don't give that to a princess. She's a princess, for crying out loud. Give her something nice, not watered-down cordial. Come on. <laughs> Come on, Lambrini. Of, uh, you know, something like that. Something Kool-Aid. posh, like Lam- Lambrini. Or Kool-Aid. You know? or, or Kool-Aid, or, you know... Uh, With a potato. Yeah, yeah. Uh, some Guinness. Anything. You know, you can't just, you can't just give a blackcurrant cordial. Come on, she's royalty, I suppose. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, fighting be, royalty. Supposedly. Yeah, yeah, supposedly. But yeah, Squidge, let's talk about a scene that you've picked out because I wanna, I wanna hear is this a, is this a good scene or a bad scene? Because like I feel like this movie is fifty fifty, right? It has fifty percent good scenes, fifty percent bad scenes. Um, 
Well, I'll, I'll just give you some context for how it starts off. It's a direct continuation from the first film, like a complete direct continuation, mm-hmm. um, complete with actor changes because reasons. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. It even starts with a montage just in case you've missed the first movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I also like the fact that um, just a little little nitpicky thing because I tend to notice these things. Um, Shang Tsung, sorcerer, can turn into anyone, right? Yep. Why is Shang Tsung, who can turn into one, into anyone? Why has he got fillings? Because um, the uh, the uh, the <laughs> outworld doesn't have a great dental plan. That's why. It's just something I noticed because you get like the intro, like your soul is. When he said mine, I paused it because I noticed it. Shang Tsung's got fillings. Anyway, that's just me being pedantic. Um, mm-hmm. So the movie starts, and I'll I'll just go over it real quick. Uh, Shao Kahn breaks the rules. He invades. Earth from Outworld, he breaks the rules completely. So within the first five minutes alone, the rules are broken. Shao Kahn gets punked by Raiden, and there's a plot device that includes death. Dun, dun, dun. Within the first five minutes. I mean, there's, there's there's no gentle introduction. You just chucked in at the deep end. You boot it in, you know, he from the Thunder Plains into the theatre, you know, boot them yeah, in. That's it. You know. Into the nether realm, that's the one. As, as it goes for like starters off for movies, you get like a quick recap, and then the first five minutes, your main antagonist, who's meant to be all singing, all dancing, really buff, gets punked out. Mm-hmm. And then there's a plot device death. I mean, is there any other better setup for a story? Not really. It, it it did Casino Royale going into Quantum of Solace a couple of decades earlier, you know, mm-hmm. the direct continuation. Yep. Um, but I will say this before I mention my scene, and I'm I'm trying to get the words, uh, the, the quote right. So a Shaolin monk and a brother of a dead Shaolin monk, both the same person, a special forces lieutenant and a very, very old princess on a leaky boat, which isn't a leaky boat because they're not on a leaky boat, hell without keeping it in, are going to save the world. It's, it's not as if... Hey! Ninth time's a charm. It's not as if they hadn't already saved the world. You just got to do it again. It's like the yeah, yeah. It's like, yeah, do it again. Do over. I don't like the. End. You know, you know what it's like. It's like when you get to the end of the first set of levels in the Super Mario Brothers game, and it's like, well done, but our princess is in another castle. It's like, for goodness' sake, <laughs> no, I don't care about the princess anymore. You're the princess now, mushroom. Well done. I can't be bothered. I'm, pro- I'm promoting you. Now get in that dress. Um, yeah. Right. Do you not realize how cholesterol-y I am as? a pretend Italian-American who only eats lasagna and pizza, I probably have cholesterol coming out my ears, right? So you're lucky that I ran all this way. You don't want me to do it another eight times, because I can't, okay? I will literally die. He just turned up and he went, dude, I went through all this hassle. I went down so many pipes. I'm in desperate need of a shower. Mm. I'm not going to another castle. Put on the dress. Do you, did you not see the bit that where I fought a gigantic, like, monstery lizard wizard thing that was firing uh, fireballs at? This thing's the size of a bleeding T-Rex, and I fought it and chucked it in the lava. You are the princess now. Well done. Look, look, I got stabbed, you know. Um, <laughs> I fought something completely different, yeah. <laughs> so my scene, the first one, yep. I've only got two, has to be the first time you meet um, Major Jackson Bridge, Briggs. Bridge. Right. Major Jackson Bridge. I'm going to call him Jackson Bridge now. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Arms Mc, Mc, um, McBiggy. Arms. Arms McArms. That's the one. <laughs> Captain Bridge Arms McArms. Yeah. That's the one. A Scottish relative. Um, so 
it's in an enclosed area. Yeah. For some reason, because it's a 90s film, when you're breaking into a base, it has to be through the vents, because reasons. Mm-hmm. Um, she's in appropriate sneaking gear of, you know, almost booty shorts and a tank top, because that's how lieutenants dress in special forces, apparently. Because um, 90s character design, that's why. Yeah, I suppose. Yeah. The green outfit and Mortal Kombat 3 a little better, but anyway. So... <laughs> I love the fact that he's laid there and he's tied to this desk and he doesn't know what's going on. He's taking a hell of a lot on faith. She's going, we need to get out of here. Why? What's going on? Before the extermination squad to get here. What extermination squad? What's going on? Just completely clueless, right? He's got these arms that magnify his his actual strength by four times. Just four. Not 400, just four times, right? So he, he flicks them off and he says, I wish I had these back in high school. Dude, everyone in the audience wish they had them. Right, on their arms, the legs, the head, everything. Right, they wish they just had mechanical everything because they could, they could punch your way through walls. We'll have to use doors ever again. Right, the the scenes in this film, the fight scenes, which it seems like every five minutes is a fight scene, and I'm completely in for it. Yeah, you can't have too much story in a story where there's not much story, so you need to plan out the fight scenes. Hmm? Do you know what it is? It feels like it's a movie made by Talk from um, Borderlands. You know, that, that <laughs> sentence had too many syllables, apologize, and explosions are essentially the whole point of this movie, right? I want you to blow up the ocean! Um, Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> so, this leads me nicely up to the, the fight scenes in this, because it's, you're told very early on in the story that no one's ready. No one's mm-hmm. ready. The realm's emerging. Let's get all meta, let's get all... Uh, thinking about this, you know, all I was going to say pretentious, but let's get all weird about this. The realm is emerging. There isn't much time. You've got six days, blah, 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 right? The fight scenes in this make sense. And I'll tell you why. Because the fight scenes up until essentially the very last one, it's they're just surviving. They're just scraping by. They've got extermination squads going after them. Um, they're barely just scraping by completely. Um, so it's not like I'm going, it's not like Sonya Blade's walking in like Batman. He's got a dodge for everything. Suddenly he's got an anti-shark repellent on his belt. Although I think that would work pretty well in this film. You just spray it in someone's face. Um, Mm -hmm. but it's like the fight starts and Sonya takes out the, the four members, four, three members of the extermination squad that burst in. And then Jax takes on the yellow guy, which turns out to be Cyrax, which is never told. He never told his name. He's just a dude in yellow with dreadlocks, right? A mechanical in yellow. Cyrax and Smoke combined, right? No, just Cyrax. Smoke turns up later on. Oh, yeah. Smoke is the one that kidnaps uh, Sonya Blade. (laughs) Not Sonya Blade. Katana on the bridge. Yes, Yes, that's So he turns up and Jack says, you take on them. You take on them. I've got homeboy. And he's very reluctant because he doesn't know how his arms work. It's like, can't we talk about this? And he just gets beat up for it. All the way through, all the way through this scene, he's kind of—he's not reluctant to use his arms, but it's sort of like he never gets a chance to. And then when he does, he's just a complete brawl. He kicks once, and the rest of it, he's just a brawler, which I love. Mm-hmm. It's just great. Sonny's barely scraping by, <laughs> throwing people hither and thither all over the place. All right, he uses his green pebbles of death a couple of times. You—he melts one of the extermination squad in the most mind-bending CGI you'll ever seen. Um, 
<laughs> it doesn't get through the arms. So Jax at one point holds up his arm and it hits the, the green pebbles, hits his fruit the fruity pebbles, hits his arms and does nothing. So it just dissolves. So his arms are like must be red hot to melt the fruity pebbles. Um the only the only nitpick, and there's a lot you could nitpick in this scene is the unknown chalk slash Nesquik dust that Sonya picks up. Right? Yeah. And I'm gonna call it this because it doesn't say what it is. And she she blows it through flames and it knocks out Cyrax, right? Kills him. But let's believe it kills him. Yeah. Um Through the fire in the flames. Ooh. If we wasn't taken down before, we will be now. Um, she inhales before she blows it. How much of that went up her nose? Yep. 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 Again, you're not really supposed to take this movie seriously, right? So I know, but that's like <laughs> the only realistic nitpick I am going oh, to. God. There's tons of them, but it's the only yeah. realistic nitpick I'm going to do with this uh, scene. But I love this scene because it's she, she goes to save a friend who knows that she's gone to the Mortal Kombat thing he's he's still knocked out on a table after having these things seemingly surgically implanted onto his arms so he doesn't know what's going on he takes a lot on faith and he's straight to fighting so you know plus what other scene have you ever seen in a fighting movie where one of the main characters monkey flips a cameraman yeah exactly right absolutely but the, I I did I did feel as because they do that they do a similar thing again later on in the movie where Night Wolf Night Wolf yeah yeah that's it I was going to call him Nightcrawler but yeah when when Night Wolf appears and Luke Kang fights with the camera and and I'm like I, I get it that's a visually interesting thing but uh, also yeah, that one didn't really it didn't I didn't it made more sense but it didn't really feel like it fit whereas this one. Uh, the monkey flip, although it made absolutely no sense, you are suddenly like your viewpoint is suddenly the back of uh, Cyrax's head, right? It doesn't make yeah. sense, but it felt like it fit more with the chaotic nature of that fight scene. It kind of it worked, mm. whereas like um, it felt like to me the the bit later on with Liu Kang and Nightwolf where he's holding a camera and he's going ah ah wow like that. Um, that felt like it was sort of shoehorned in. Like they were going, hey, Nightwolf has been in this scene for like 14 seconds. And we need a little, they need this scene to be a little bit longer. Um, hey, uh, Robin, that's the name of the block of plays, Luke Egg. Uh, grab a hold of the camera, fall onto the floor with it, and shake it about the place. That'll do. I mean, I'm not surprised that, well, I know we're switching scenes here, but just really quick about a Nightwolf scene. I'm not surprised because it's sort of like, ah, you must be Luke Kang. My instant reaction if I was Luke Kang is, holy I've just fought a werewolf. Yeah, exactly. So right? I'm, I'm not that... surprised he's freaked out. Yeah, <laughs> but, exactly, exactly. But this this fight scene, everything about this scene, everything about every scene seems very. Because I remember seeing this other movie at the cinema. It seems very Power Rangers inspired, mm. um, without the the cheesiness of the the lycra suits and stuff, like the Power Rangers movie inspired. So mm. you see the, you see the fight scenes; it's all choreographed and stuff. So it's very sort of that. Um, I'll mention one thing, and this is going to come up a lot. The music is so on point. Every single part of this film, because the, the fight scenes consist of, I'm going to spoil this, bad guys show up, they kick some ass, the good guys realise they can actually fight back, and then the, the tide turns, and then the good guys start fighting back. With the exception of two fight scenes that don't happen because they don't happen. Like, I will, I will come on to that later, but yeah. 
Yeah. So, so that's sort of that's <laughs> sort of like the how it goes. And when the bad guys start fighting, the music's there, and then it shifts suddenly. It just mm. changes. It reminds me very much of um, one particular fight scene in the movie The Raid, where the music changes four times in the space of five minutes, and it just fits. So the music is very on point with the twists and turns, the ups and downs. Um, in my notes, I've just put <clears throat> for the music because um, <laughs> I love it so much. <laughs> but in 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 terms of um this scene i would give it four out of five pain saws in badassery fight scenes okay. um and i will mention one more thing before we move on because it's not that long afterwards there's a part where motaro and shiva who who doesn't get to fight in this film which i'm very disappointed at um they're arguing and to quote bad boys those two should just burn and get it over with <laughs> it's just blatantly obvious yeah 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 um the the thing with jack's arms right i feel yeah. like they they run on sass <clears throat> i nearly sprayed my drink up the wall then like yes like he all of all of his lines throughout the entire movie are him making fun of what's happening right you know, oh, you brought me here to this guy. This guy's weird. Or I say we should get the hell out of here. You know, all of his lines, every single line, he is, and I hate this trope, but he is the sassy black character, right? That's yeah. what he plays. Like, I'm looking at him. Like, the way that the way that he delivers his lines, they are very clearly, like, Will Smith meets Sinbad the Entertainer, right? That's what he was going for. With his delivery of the lines. I'm not saying that's what he looks like. Like his delivery of the lines are very much mm. Will Smith meets Sin- Sinbad the Entertainer. And and it must be based specifically on my opinion of how he's delivering those lines. That his arms only work on sass. Like his arms start up and they need a certain level of sass to work. Right? That's why they don't work in that first scene. Yeah. That's why he put, puts his fist through the wall and gets stuck. Because he hasn't been sassy enough yet. That's where the canisters of uh, backup sass are. He's trying to break it into it so his arms can absorb it. Absolutely. That's it. Backup sass. The sass you need when you can't be sassy enough. Yeah. Later on, he says, like, you know, I've got extermination squads following me. We're in the middle of nowhere. I need to use the bathroom. There's no toilet paper. He's just screaming into a quarry at this point. Yeah, he's building up his sass for the next fight. That's what he's doing. Yeah. uh, A a required level of sass is what's needed. That's it. Um, Absolutely. But he... Even if you don't really feel it, they're trying to go for like chemistry between the two characters, and I feel it's there. But it, it's we meet rose tinted glasses. I love this film, so yeah. But that's that's my first scene, and I just love it. Again, four out of five pain souls, you know. Nice, nice. Um, so yeah, uh, my my first one takes place just before then, which is when because like uh, in order to get to the uh, facility in Hawaii where Jax is, um, Raiden and um, uh, Sonya Blade have to take this underground um, uh, transportation system, right? Which uses... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, balls, exactly. Which uses a combination, because it's described twice as how it works, and both times it's described it's different. Um, The first time it's described by Raiden, he says, we use the winds, the earth and the, the the power of wind. So they're farting to get past around the world is what they're doing. Right. And Kitana backs. Yeah. Absolutely. That's how we that's how we fix the environmental crisis. Right? You just get cows to fart underground. Anyway, um the, you know this the, and and Kitana backs that up. Kitana says, Yep, that's exactly how it works. So Raiden and Sonya get in their ball and off they go. Right? 
Um, and then and then uh, Liu Kang and Kitana get in theirs, and then suddenly the story changes. Oh, yeah, it's it actually uses molten lava and and the rocks under the earth to work because plot. Right? Can we not have and one episode where we don't mention the rock? Dwayne Johnson got in here eventually. <laughs> I'm just so, imagining that one scene where the camera goes down and you see the lava. It's just him popping out the lava, giving a pose, you know. Holding <sighs> the, holding some kind of uh, championship belt as well, because he's always the yeah. champion, right? Um, yeah. And so what I what I really like about this scene is more the world building than anything else. Like, mm. the the way that they get the, the, that they're, like, the way that they're strapped in to these balls is clearly designed so that they can hold on to each other, which is what happens, right? Kitana says to Liu Kang when he loses his grip, hold on to me. And it's sort of the, the first subtle um, inclinations that Liu Kang and Kitana are going to get together, right? Let's uh, the, face you know, it, Liu Kang wanted to cop a feel and he was too polite, so Kitana shuffled it a little bit so she could get felt up. That's all it is. She wants to uh, be felt up. He wants to cop a feel. Okay, it's 1997. It was a different time. Fair enough. Okay. Um, except that copying a field means putting his arm around it. But anyway, whatever. I'm gonna I'm gonna move on quickly from that because I don't like that. that, that it's a Disney that, version. That, it's a Disney version. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, yeah. So we're 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 floating through the world's core, the Earth's core, and I think that like, so as a world building thing, I think that's brilliant because it's like a fantastic device for why all of the fights take place in a different place, and you could potentially combine those. Uh, and put it into the games because like every single fight in one of the games in any of the games takes place in a completely different location mm. and you could say that is why all the fights take place in a different location i like it it's a great little um thinking outside of the box exercise and creating a bit of um non-fighting tension so mm. then you know because like uh kitana says quick uh, you know roll to your right so we can get on the right track it's brilliant it's it's a nice little bit of 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 world building but it also has this nice bit of um character development not that there's much character development but some character development between Liu Kang and Kitana right it's it's nice it's good i liked that um uh, but you don't you don't want to get stuck going round the motorway again do you i can't imagine what it'd be no, like absolutely. if you took a wrong tunnel in a ball yeah, right, or... or we're, we're, um, we're headed for Thailand, oh, we're in Australia, we'll have to go back. I'd hate to see what rush hour traffic would be like in those underground tunnels. I mean, it'd just be balls everywhere, wouldn't it? These <laughs> that you mentioned rush hour, I've just got the idea of Jackie Chan and Chris Tucker being characters in this film. So <laughs> Jackie Chan will be... Yeah, so Jackie Chan will be Liu Kang, and Chris Tucker will be complaining because he'd be playing Katana. <laughs> Come on, I should ball. be Jax! Why have I got a ponytail? What the hell? You know? They're stuck in a ball, and, uh, and, and uh, uh, Lee, Jackie Chan's character, is going, go left! And, and the, obviously, it's, it's the comedic misunderstanding of, no, not my left, your left, right? That could totally work, with Chris yeah. Tucker doing that. What? Uh, because, <laughs> and because Chris Tucker goes to his left, Jackie Chan somehow, all the way through, it slips from his handhold, and he's hanging onto the end, and the ball's spinning, so he's going, la, 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 yeah, all the way yeah, to yeah, the end, the and then he gets flung off. Yeah, yeah. yeah, and when the landing gets flung off and hits a wall, you know, because Jackie Chan. Yeah, of course, and obviously, you know, Jackie Chan being the beast that he is, he would do that stunt himself, wouldn't he? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah of course he would. Yeah. So, um, quick question for you then, would this movie have been better if if Jackie Chan played Liu Kang instead of Robin Shaw? I think this movie would have been so much better if Macho Man Randy Savage played Liu Kang. Um, <laughs> not Jackie Chan. Jackie Chan could, be, could play Katana, 
because he's played Chun-Li. Um, but I think Macho Man Randy Savage would have been better because all the lines should just be, oh, yeah. Oh, that'd be it. I've got to save the world, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Ooh, yeah. Shout card, I'm going to snap Slim Jim, you know. Yeah. Ooh. My impersonations are terrible. Oh, yeah. Um, that, that, that wasn't me impersonating him. That was me just clearing my throat of words. Um, Absolutely. Absolutely. So, yeah, balls everywhere. Yeah, it's... Um, that's the reason why we don't have that. that. That actually exists in the real world. It's just the airline companies don't want you to find out. Fair Train enough. companies and airline companies, they just hate it. They lose millions, don't they? So what's your next scene then, Squidge? Mine's the very end one, so if you've right. got one before that, okay, <laughs> go for yeah. it. I will talk about, um, technically I'm going to talk about three scenes, but they all bleed into each other. Um, a lot That happens a lot in this film. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Bleeding everywhere. Yeah, be- between fight scenes, it's just like one long scene, isn't it, right? If you could, yeah. you could cut out the fight scenes and it would be about 13 seconds of one scene going straight into another. Right, um, cut out this film where it's just one fight after the other. <laughs> just it's like I, I, yeah I'd love that but I'd also love a cut of like the Star Wars films just all lightsaber battles that's it so there's two cuts of the films I really want I'll just have don't them on repeat all day that. don't know what to say to that but it'd be awesome so we start with um, uh, Shang Tsung and who did we say he was his dad uh, you mean Shao Kahn and Shinnok yes I Shang Tsung's already dead you. Yeah, yeah, he's yeah, impaled. Sorry, yeah. So we so we start with uh, Shao Kahn and Shinnok, right? And this is the thing, right? Shinnok doesn't get named at all in the movie. You have to look in the credits. Once. Oh, okay, fair enough. He mentions, enough. it's mentioned once, and it's after, again, it's already spoilers, but it's after Raiden is made into an Elder God. It's only right that the son of Shinnok becomes an Elder God, but it's, it's yeah, said right that quick. Right at the end of the movie. Yeah, right again, I notice these kind of things, so... So, yeah, so Shao Kahn che- and Shinnok... Cheekbones are, is talking to the Elder God. That's the one. They're walking along, and uh, and Shinnok says, you'd better not let me down. He's, he's essentially saying, don't let me down, because I've, I've broken all of the rules to make this happen, right? If you all let of me one down, rule. Yeah, all or of the rebel. one rule. That's <laughs> it, right? I've broken all of the one rule to make this happen. If you let me down, we essentially all die. Mm. And Shao Kahn says the line... And I've got it written down, right? He's, he's supposed to say the line, I promise you on my soul, the, all the millenniums in planning, dot, 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 dot. Problem is, right, that scene was ADR'd. That's where they filmed the scene, and then everyone goes back into the recording studio and re-reads their line, because maybe there's too much sound in the background, or maybe no, they didn't like the way it was read. Problem is, that so, if sub, you watch... So, sub-note about this film? Yes. A lot of it's ADR'd. Yeah, it's ADR the movie. Blatantly obvious. I just yeah, had to yeah, yeah. throw that out there. Yeah, yeah. Which makes it awesome. <laughs> so I, I actually wrote down in my notes as we were, as we were watching the movie, this should have been called Mortal Kombat and the Power of ADR. But um, <laughs> in, so in this scene, if you want to jump to it, it's fifty one fifty five is the time code, and he said, and if you watch his lips, he doesn't even he doesn't even enunciate the words correctly on the set. So he doesn't enunciate the words correctly on the set, which might explain why they had to ADR it. But every other line in this scene has to be ADR'd. So maybe there was some background noise and maybe someone was coughing or whatever. In the audio that makes it into the movie. So this is, they've filmed it. They've gone back into the studio and re-recorded the audio. 
And they don't just do lines once or twice. They do them a whole bunch of times. And they get each actor to read each line individually and pick the best takes of each line. So they don't have Mm. all the actors in the room and do it all at once because they might only be able to get Brian Thompson once. They might only be able to get whoever, right? And so they get them just to do every single line that they need to re-record using ADR as many times as they can. Um, And so they've, they've done that. And he's done, clearly he's done several takes at this. Even the audio that is included in this scene, he flubs the line. <laughs> he actually says, I promise you, Father, on my soul, all the millenniums of planning will be rewarded. Pl- playing too much Mario. He, he went all the... That's it. That's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's he's, what he he's is. He's channeling Yoshi. All the millenniums. He thinks he's Yoshi. It's not enough he plays Shao Kahn. He wants to be Yoshi at the same time. Absolutely. So, yeah, I just wanted to bring that up because I thought that was, I'm not making fun of Brian Thompson because he looks like he could beat me to a pulp and then and then he would eat me or something. Dude jumps but down just, the stairs. You're not going to make fun of him. Absolutely. But just the fact that they, that they chose that particular reading of that line and included it. And this will go back into some of my um, my trivia about this movie. In fact, I'll mention the trivia now, right? Okay. The related piece of trivia now. Uh, the... The um, the producer of the movie and the writer of the story of the movie, Lawrence Kazanov, has actually said in an interview that was used in the book Lights, Camera, Game Over, that um, the version of the movie that was released was never meant to be released. It was oh. almost like a work print. Like they were still making edits to the movie and refilming stuff. And that's why some of the shots are missing effects or some of the CGI is not that great and why it's kind of wooden. I'm, when I talk about the CGI not being great, I don't mean like it doesn't look great. Like the graphics for 1997 for a $30 mm. million dollar budget movie are pretty blooming great. You're never mm. going to be able to compare it to a modern Pixar movie. That's not fair. What I mean is like the animation is quite wooden, right? And, if if and, you compare it to something like Jason the Argonauts, yeah, to give it context... Right? Absolutely. And like, there's a scene where, uh, we'll, we can talk about it later if you want, but where Jade bites the bullet, she gets eaten by a creature, right? And the way it's filmed is specifically because they wanted to hide the fact that the CGI wasn't ready. If you watch that scene, she's standing there, the CGI monster comes up and munches her. She, the actress clearly just lays down on the floor out of shot and holds her position until the yell cut right because obviously the cgi is going to obscure her from view right mm. and that's just because they weren't you know it was still very early days with action movies and cgi but he says that the effects in the film were not the final ones which you can the scene that i just talked about where shao khan and uh what's his face are talking about you better not let me down the previous scene before it or a couple of scenes before it you see raiden trying to open a a, a portal to the outworld or whatever it was called right um, in several of those shots, he's doing like a pulling his arms, pulling it, put his hands together in like a prayer motion and then um, separating them, leaving a gap between them. In some shots, there is lightning shooting between his hands and the sound effects are there. In other shots, the lightning isn't there, but the sound effects are right. And that clearly goes, it clearly sort of backs up uh, Kazanov's point of this was not the movie you were meant to see. But he mm. says that the movie studio said it's good enough, release it. So, like, it could have been perhaps a better movie if they'd have left the effects in. I, I think but, it added to it, though. It's sort of like, are the effects there? They're not the sound there. It sort of adds to the whole aesthetic of 
the movie. I, I'm not. I'm yeah. not saying the movie's like hot trash. Other people will no. say that. I'm saying it's very sort of. It makes it seem like a, a made-for-TV movie, which oh, adds not, to it. it. It's not one of the things that it detracts to. It adds to the whole mystique of the film, in my opinion. Uh, these are all my opinions, and they're absolutely correct. So anyone who wants to correct <laughs> me, just sod off. It's this is how it is. These are the facts. You know, it's my absolutely. opinion of facts. Yeah, yeah, I'm yeah, not saying absolutely. fight me, but fight me. You know. But yeah, I mean, had they had they been given another six months to work on the film, it may have looked better, and it may have like been uh, more tightly edited, and it may have been that because like if you look at when they go to the uh, outworld or the out realm or whatever it's called, uh, mm -hmm. the bad guys area, it is quite literally just we've filmed the same area, we've just changed the color grading of the film, so it looks yeah. look like muted and doesn't look so good. Like, perhaps if they'd have had six more months to work on it, they might have come up with a better effect, right? Mm. Or um, uh, with um, Shiva, you know, the four-armed um, uh, character. Uh, yeah, right? Uh, if you watch her movements, and you have to look closely to see it, right? Which is but good. You, watch, you have to yeah, really look it, for it. It is yeah. very good. Like, the effects on Shiva are amazing, right? If you look at her movement... She's obviously the actress is holding her real arms up and just holding them still, right? So she's actually just standing almost in a T pose, right? And probably, numbers. yeah, yeah, and probably having to lift her shoulders up because they have yeah. to have enough room to basically copy paste her arms down using CGI. Right. And you have to look really close, but if you look close, you can see her CGI shoulders joints moving up and down slightly because yeah. they're having to do it scene by uh, sorry shot by shot frame by frame replacing them and obviously the camera's a bit wobbly and the, the actress is moving around so it's not easy to track so in the day before tiktok filters absolutely right and even so right if they invent a tiktok filter to do that that's going to be shaky too is what i'm saying so even so mm. right um and that that's why and that's one of the reasons why the scene i'm about to so this this previous scene i talked about talked about bleeds into this one um Shiva's death feels like it's an af an afterthought. So I'll talk yeah. about which scene we're talking about in a minute. It's but criminal. It like, yeah, it wasn't it's, used. It is so criminal. It's a it, yeah. It's an afterthought, and that is literally for budgetary reasons, right? Yeah. The studio had stepped in and said, "You're you're approaching on thirty million dollars here. We need to save some money. Um, cut this scene out because that scene, the scene I'm talking about, is Liu Kang makes it to where Kitana is being held captive, and Baraka or a bunch of Barakas, Barakas show up. Yeah. Yeah, Barakai. I don't know what the plural of Baraka is, but whatever Barracuda. it is, that is Barracuda. Yeah, a bunch of Barracudas show up, right, and uh, and take it and start fighting with him. And then Shiva walks in, right. The whole point of that scene was it was meant to be Liu Kang taking on um, Barakas, Barakai, a team of people who are named Baraka. And then Raiden shows up and fights Shiva. The problem was it was going to be whip cuts and fast cuts and lots of movement, and yeah. obviously tracking that was really difficult. So they basically went, um, how can we how can we get rid of her? I know. What we'll do is we'll cut one of the chains and have the 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 cage that Kitana is in just fall and squish her. Because that's like the quickest way to and and sometimes sometimes you have to do that when you're making a film. You have to sort yeah. of think on your feet and re rejig things. Um and so I can I can totally understand why they did that. But it feels very similar to how they dealt with um I wanna say Sindel? Yeah, the, yes. the screamy, loudy, shouty woman, right? There's the, a whole the woman scene. who I am convinced on the phone would never be told, say again. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, because, like, 
there's this whole scene where there's where everyone is fighting everyone except for um you know there's like one or two characters not there they're all having a big fight and then the the fight scene ends and you don't see sindel at all throughout the entire fight scene and then suddenly she's knocked out on the table yeah and jade says oh while you were fighting i come up from behind and bopped her one not, yeah, the, right. not the exact line. I'd love that as the actual line. In an in a <laughs> attempt of a seductive, breathless voice, I'm pretty sure she's asthmatic. Because um, I, I sympathized, with, sympathized with her dialogue because sometimes I talk like that because I'm asthmatic. Um, oh, cool. But yeah, it's sort of like, while you were fighting, I took her down. Change that to bopped her on the head. And I have to like, that'd be amazing. Yeah. But yeah, it's, it's sort of, I noticed that it was very quick. There's no fight scene. Yeah. And also, I... This adds to the film, but I can understand what they were going for. When before that fight happened, Sindel sort of stands up and goes, I can never have loved you. And there's lightning, epilepsy warning. It was kind of hard for me to watch. Yeah, it was, it was a very flashy scene. Because outweld lightning, you know, darkness, lightning in the middle of the night. Of course. Um, she starts spinning. And I imagined oh. in the actual film, it would have been doing like a, a Crash Bandicoot. But she's just going round in circles. And I thought, Try and speed it up, please, because it looks amazing at how badly it's done, but she should have been going quicker, you know, as the spin. You know, that's that's what I thought. She, she should be actually spinning, and this is... It, it makes that part for me. It's not just you didn't see a fight, but she's just spinning around in a circle while laughing, and I thought they needed to spin that up, but I'm glad they didn't because it looks so made for TV. It's amazing. So we'll come back to my thoughts on Baraka and a bit of uh, top trivia behind the scenes stuff about Baraka. Al- in a also, I, I I might just add, I I think a, lo- a lot of this film is uh, fan service, and a lot of this film is made with a certain audience in mind. And I will say this uh, for the time, I think everyone liked a little bit of Sindel. Um, yeah, I, I just want to get that out there. Yeah, but yeah. I think everyone liked a little bit of Sindel. Yeah, and, and if you didn't, you're lying. Uh. <laughs> so, yeah, I know I agree with the Sindel spinning scene, right? I've actually written <laughs> down and I'm going to read my notes verbatim. Mm-hmm. Sindel is like, oh, look at me. I'm spinning in a circle with flashy lights. Whilst Jade takes the opportunity to run away. LOL. Which is those are the actual words I wrote during that scene. Because, like, they're all going, huh? What? I'm really confused. Why am I looking at you? It's very much the, um, you remember on Futurama where it's, hey, hey, look at my head, look at my head. All right, show's over. It was that, yeah. right? It's sort of very, you, you can just imagine, I'd, I'd love it if someone did like fan made subtitles and that split second where you see Jade running away in the subtitles in brackets, it says, tiptoe, 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 <laughs> you know? Very onomatopoeic, why not? Like at a glockenspiel. And then just an explosion. Yeah, right. Because that's how it feels like. It's like, it feels like perhaps that, like they didn't write that scene. They were like, she gets up, she says, I could never love you. And then while she's talking to them, Jade runs away. And someone on set must have gone, wait, no, no, the, the, they would need to do something else, right? Because the, the line she says is very short. It's not very engaging, right? It'll hurt Kitana. Then everyone's going to turn to Kitana and go, oh, snap, that's that's dreadful. Mm. I'm really sorry to hear that. And they kind of do, right? A couple of the characters look at Kitana during the delivery of that line. Yeah. And so having Jade sneak away during that line doesn't make sense. They had to have a sneak away, right? Part of the plot requires Jade to run away. 
And so they must have gone, well, what can we do yeah. to distract her? Oh, well, we'll just have a, um, uh, whoever, I forgot, I've forgotten the name of the, the actor who plays Sindel, but like, Hey, could you just sort of turn around? Like just, just do like a turn around bright eyes, just sort of spin on the spot and laugh. You're on a Kylie. So see, what's my motivation? You're on a Kylie Minogue pop video. Just start spinning. Just spin. You'll be fine. We'll, we'll, we'll superimpose some music. Just do it. And then while that was doing, you can imagine that the, the, the actor playing uh, uh, Jade went off set. And it's sort of, from an editing point of view, it kind of looks like there wasn't enough of Sindel spinning. And a camera was still running and it caught Jade. Yeah, let's just pop that in. Yeah, You're not supposed right. to see her run away, but you see it anyway, you know. It, it is. It, perhaps, perhaps it was lazy writing. Perhaps it was just the way it was filmed. Perhaps it was the way the actors were acting. Perhaps it's a combination of all of it. But that scene is, I'm going to have to swear to do it. It's f- stupid, right? She just literally goes, do, 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 and runs away, right? To, to quote Jim Cornette. Right, and this is, I'm, I'm going to pick my quote carefully. That oh, scene okay. was the dribbling. <laughs> and I'm going to believe it, don't worry. But yeah, it, it was, really it was, was, it was, I think out of all the scenes in this film, that is the, hands down the worst of all. And this is of Mortal Kombat Annihilation. And I love this film. And that's saying something. If I'm saying it, that is just the worst. Absolutely. You know? So my thoughts on Baraka, right? So, so we'll just dial back a little bit. Just rewind. Mr. Oil. Teeth. That's it. Mr. Teeth, right? Um, so Liu Kang is in the outworld. He's found where Kitana is being held captive. He Indiana Jones his way across to, to well, I call it an Indiana Jones, right? That betrays my beautiful. age. Just beautiful. But it's kind of like a George of the Jungle, really. That's really what it is, right? There needs to be a cut where they're just just like, ah, as he swings by the first time. Side note, side question. Would this film have been better if Liu Kang was played by Brendan Fraser? And I feel like the answer is yes, because Brendan Fraser is amazing. I think this film would have been better where if he wasn't in a fight scene, if Liu Kang was wearing Indiana Jones fedora all the time. Okay. If he's not in a fight scene. And I don't know why either that or some sort of hat. He needs a hat. Everyone yeah. else looks sort of like smart and they look apart. Liu Kang's just got that mullet thing going on. He, he needs a hat or, or some sort of cat ears or, you know, an eye patch or some wings or some a leg missing. Something, you know. Some he kind needs of a hook. accessory is what you Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yes. He needs a hook. Maybe have. a hook. He needs a hook. You know, something like that. <laughs> Let's go literal. Have. He needs a hook. <laughs> he does have very luscious hair. I have to say, yeah, it's very gorgeous is his hair. And I don't say that about hair very often, but his hair is amazing. While I was originally growing my hair out with the age, at the age of 18, anyone who grows their hair out with had short hair, especially blokes, you go through a phase where you've got the MacGyver look. It's a mullet, right? You, you, don't, you just let it grow out, and what happens is the back of your hair grows out quicker than the front. So you, your fringe or the bangs, whatever they're called, are coming down right? And you're waiting for them to grow so you can stylize them and then you get everything in a look. So you go through a mullet phase. Some people stick in the mullet phase. Some people love the mullet phase. Um, some people shave the sides and dye it pink and just go, sod it, I'm a wrestler, you know? But yep. 
it looks like that fizz and my hair was like that at one point and I swear just for one day my hair actually looked like his. It was all luscious and beautiful and then I I don't know if I got up or just walked down the stairs and I was caked in sweat. So at one point my hair looked like that. It was, it was never black, it was mousy brown, and it was horrible. I hate my natural hair colour. But my hair looked like that at one point. I was never built like Liu Kang, but I had hair like that. I had a weird mullet. That, and, uh, and and Jay can attest to this because he saw me go through this phase. It was awful. It, it was genius, dude. So, <laughs> so There's Baraka, no pictures Baraka. of me with a mullet. I will say that. There is no pictures of me with a mullet. None whatsoever. You're never going to see it. Unless I'm bribed. So Baraka, <laughs> so as soon as Baraka shows up, he kind of just pops up. He's like, bring, like, oh, dun, dun, it's dun. beautiful. He, it, it is. The, the, the Baraka, they tune this, they chew the scenery harder than Bill Shatner. They really do. Absolutely. It's, Absolutely. it's just, it's genius. It's glorious. Yep. It's I'd Baraka. I completely forgotten. I had, I had legit forgotten that Baraka was in this game, in this game, <laughs> in this movie. Right. And I had to pause it immediately and went, what the f- because I'd forgotten that Baraka was in it, right? Um, and and like I left it paused and just took it in for a moment. That first shot of him just sort of looking just off. You marvelled at it. Yeah, I was just like, I'm just going to take this. I'm going to stand here, like get my get my pipe out, my berry. Just just, just let it like, fill you up. Just fill me up it. with this hi- yeah. this image. Yeah, just let it fill it up. Just fill the tank up. This one shot, I need to absorb its ambiance and the everything about it. Uh, just take it in from an artistic point of view, right? Because clearly it was planned as a ta-da! But it actually came up when I hit the pause at exactly 57, 30 seconds. So 57 minutes, 30 seconds. If you hit pause at the that exact moment, you will see the frame that I'm talking about. It is wonderfully uh, uh, compositioned. He's perfectly placed. So he's just off center. So he's in the golden ratio. It's, it, it is from a film. I'm not a filmmaker, but from what I've read about filmmaking and photography, it is a perfect shot, right? It is like, it's almost, it's an accidental piece of wonderful art in the middle of this Pure strange gold. film. Yeah. yeah. It's, and it's also, it's, I'll just mention before you, you continue, it is also the perfect recreation of Baraka from the second Mortal Kombat game yes. down to a T. It is just, apart from his big bulky arms, but you need it for the, you know, for the blades and stuff, but he's absolutely perfect recreation. I mean, I don't think his teeth were that big, but he looks menacing. He looks, um, you know, he looks out of sync. He's off his head. There's multiple of him and he's got blades for arms. You know, it's just, it's the, it's the perfect antagonist. And the fact is three of them. I mean, holy, you know, (laughs) there's three, three guys with blades for arms who I'm pretty sure if they went for a pee and sneeze, they'd, they'd chop things off. But, I th- that's probably why he's so mad. Can't wash his hands afterwards, you know, like like he should, because um, of blades and stuff. Or maybe there's not enough hand soap and outweld. I don't know. Um, I imagine there isn't. Um, just me riffing. But yeah, it's just it's a perfect recreation of Baraka from the second game. And I know this because I watched a lot of Baraka in the second game because that's all you'd ever fight as. <clears throat> Baraka's amazing. Back, 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 back here. And he just sort of kneels down and waves his blades around so no one can get to you. That's brilliant. It's yeah, almost like dude. double double forward and low kick for Molina. You you can't lose. It's that simple. <laughs> yeah, doing doing the Mortal Kombat equivalent of uh, Chun Li 
and uh, yeah. E-Honda in Street Fighter. So you, you figured out how to cheese the game really quick. We're getting Get someone locked in the corner uh, yeah. and cheese them to death. That's what you do. <laughs> Not the movie, but I'd love to be cheesed to death in real life. Just oh. someone feeding me cheese constantly. Mate, for those of us who are need of... It doesn't matter if it's not Christmas, just give me cheese. You know, I love cheese. So for those of us who are neither vegan nor lactose intolerant, cheese is like the greatest invention ever, right? It really is. Humanity (laughs) peaked when they invented cheese. Nothing has been better since, I don't think. I mean, smartphones maybe, but cheese is just, (laughs) it's the pinnacle. Yeah, but you Um, can't... We we only like smartphones because through smartphones we can order more cheese. That's the only reason why we put up with smartphones. TikTok, YouTube, nah, we can order cheese. That's why we like smartphones. That was clearly Steve Jobs' original idea when he was coming up with the iPhone, wasn't it? It was like, guys, I want to be able to use my phone as a computer and to order more cheese. <laughs> yeah, and that's coming from a fruitarian who still likes cheese. So, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. cheese is king. It's so, cheese is absolute king. Anyway. So heading yeah, back to the still frame. Of, that's it, right? Heading back to the still frame at fifty-seven minutes thirty seconds, and I'm sitting. There, I want some cheese I've got, now. <laughs> I've got my beret on. I've got my uh, my pipe that I don't smoke. It's one of those that shoots out bubbles. Got and you've pipe. got a black and white striped top. Black and white stripey top. There's you've someone in the have corner. A tiny tash. Yeah. There's someone in the corner playing an accordion. You know, somebody started doing some uh, beat poetry at the same time. It was. I had a proper, full-on artistic moment. And I completely forgot that Baraka was in the, the Mortal Kombat games at the same time. So like, yeah. it was this state of amnesia. And I'm like, the f*** is the bad guy from Troll 2 doing showing up here? <laughs> Troll 2. <laughs> oh. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And and but that the the like you said the choreo the choreography the choreography the choreography choreography I I can words the choreography of that fight scene with with I think you're the a podcaster, people, isn't it? that's <laughs> it yeah it's a good thing I can use words the choreography of the fight scene with the bloke in the baraka suit on top of a cage holding onto a cable with bits of it wouldn't have been metal but hard plastic sticking out of his arms is a wonder to behold. Right. And then add to that the fact that the bloke in the suit is wearing a great big like latex prosthetic mask cutting out the, the peripheral vision. That's mm. just it, it it's just amazing. I mean it's it's let down wholly by the death of Shiva, but it's Yeah. It really is, it's amazing. We're not yeah, talking yeah. like the swinging chain work, but especially on top of the um the cage. I got reminded very much of, there's very little you can do. Obviously, outside of the shot, there's sort of like safety mats and there's nets everywhere. And, you know, they don't don't want to use like harnesses because they don't want wires in the shot. But the holding on, there's very little you can do. I'm reminded of sort of like, it kind of looked like a little bit of a wrestling match. There's there's Mm -hmm. very little you can do. Let's let's grunt and make, have the sound um, sort of make up for it. And then just you know whack his head against the chain and maybe throw one punch and what have you but it it somehow it just works it's yep. it out of context it wouldn't but in the if you watch the scene for the entirety that bit on top of the chain actually works and i don't know why <laughs> it just so, does um, it looks like a really bad wrestling match with <laughs> wrestling fan but it just works 
So the interesting thing, right? You bring up pro wrestling there, right? I was watching um, a, an interview with a filmmaker the other day. Uh, I think it was Cinema Therapy. I may be wrong. Um, and and they were talking Shout about out to cinema, th- cinema Therapy. Absolutely. Awesome. If you don't watch their YouTube channel, you totally should because it's Great. amazing. And uh, Alan, who's the filmmaker of the two, um, he was saying, I'm pretty sure it was Cinema Therapy. Let's just say it was Cinema Therapy, right? Mm. They're great guys anyway. Um, and they, he was saying that um, it's amazing to him when he when he talks to fight coordinators, right? And then you show them pro wrestling, right? Because the fight coordinators and the stunt coordinators and the, the fight choreographers and the fight participants want to do lots and lots and lots of planning and plan it out in slow motion, move around, do this, then do that, then we'll do this, and then maybe they'll film it at a third speed and then speed it up so then it looks really good, but it's also really safe. And then they go watching pro wrestling, where it's all it's it hardly any of it is pre-planned. Yeah, obviously, yes, the end of each performance is pre-planned, but the actual actions in the the staging area doesn't always happen in a ring. But the actions in the staging area are done with, um, you know, damn the torpedoes, man, full steam ahead, sort of idea a rough idea yeah and to, yeah. just to peek the curtain back, the, the spots are called out, or it's a very that you you get a chemistry with the other person so you can get the flow of what you're doing and you you know a lot of the moves so you go right i've got to do this and got to do that i'm not a wrestler but I, i've watched a lot of wrestling so that's kind of how it works so you yeah. get a chemistry yeah but but the the crazy thing to stunt coordinators and stuff is that these folks will go out there and do it without thinking about it yeah i'll climb up there at nine feet in the air and jump forward and do a forward flip and land on uh, with my back on a ladder and the stunt coordinators are sitting there with, you know, they've got itchy teeth. They're like, you can't, you can't do that. You, you can't, obviously you physically can, but you can't do that. On a film set, you can't do that. I just thought it was quite interesting that you mentioned pro wrestling whilst talking yeah, about the, the scene. sort of sat there looking very... at the scene, that they sat there being really anxious. And if you look across the counter, like a drug addict going through withdrawal, scratching, they can't do that. Yeah, they were right. not insured for that. They can't do that. Absolutely. It won't be now, it'd be wireware and CG, but it's all like, I can't do that, I can't do that. Yeah, yeah. You have the but... entire stunt team looking really anxious and there's two of them on top of a cage, you know. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I get that. And, yeah. and I totally get why you, you're saying that it's a very wrestling type scene because it is, there's, there's, Okay, I'm not a martial artist, and I'm not a martial artist filmmaker, but it feels like there's very little finesse in this scene, right? There isn't, like, if you look at the other fight scenes, especially the ones with uh, Raiden and, yeah. I forget which character it is, the character that clones themselves several times. There's three of them. I want to say it was Reptile, but it wasn't. He's in, a, like, a long corridor. He looks across to one side. and Green? The, yeah, yeah. So Yeah, there's yeah, two so reptiles, reptile. yeah. Yeah, yeah. So when he's fighting Reptile, a lot of that is leaping around and jumping about and not actually attacking each other that's very mm. it's very martial artsy and that's probably the wrong word but it's very like showy look at all of the yeah very showy look at all the things that our stunt people can do and then you get to this scene and it's very i'll throw a haymaker at you and you'll throw a haymaker at me and then i'll kick you in the guts and then you'll throw another haymaker at me and then i'll throw another haymaker at you it's very like by the books, not very finesse. And, but that also fits really well with the scene you're in because, yeah. you know, they're fighting on top of a cage, right? And Baraka's and fighting, a maniac. Yeah, and they're fighting whilst holding on to chains. And like you said, Baraka is a maniac. It's more like a, a power move character than actually... It's, it's a fight for like, survival. 
Yeah. Essentially. Yeah. And so to me, that fight scene makes sense in the, the story that they're telling. Uh, again, lots of uh, thoughts into filmmaking and, and that kind of thing. When you have a fight scene, you don't just have two or more characters throwing punches and kicks and chucking each other about. You're mm. telling a story as well. Yeah. And that to me is th- this whole scene is it's telling a story. Unfortunately, it has the stupid comical death of Shiva right in the middle of it. But if you yeah. take that bit out, it is, they're telling a brilliant story and it's really well filmed um, and really well sort of staged and, and all that kind of stuff. I really like this scene is what I'm saying. It's just my initial reaction of, wow, yeah. this is hitting me aesthetically. And then what the hell is the Troll 2 character doing here? <laughs> yeah. So to add, just go really back to the wrestling thing. People who don't understand why people like wrestling, especially classic wrestling. Mm-hmm. Jay just said it. It's not just it's not just the the moves and the 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 acrobatics. The whole the, one of the reasons why people like wrestling still watch it to this day, especially classic wrestling, is it's not exactly the match. It's the story being told because every match has has a story. That's why you're hooked. Whether either revenge or it's going in for the belt, they want to be the champion, or the 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 fighting for someone's honor, or they just want to kick someone's teeth in. It's it's the story that's being told. It, yeah, it's soap opera with acrobatics or whatever you want to call it. But there's there's an element of the story being told, and if there's no story, there's no chemistry. If there's no chemistry, you're not going to watch. Just just peeking behind the curtains a little bit there. But that's one of the reasons why people like wrestling. Uh, I just want to defend yeah. it because I like wrestling myself, especially classic oh, wrestling. Absolutely. going to drop a piece of trivia on you um, mm-hmm. that I don't think very many people who discuss this film talk about. And I initially thought, what? That doesn't make sense. But now that I think more about the scene that I've just described with Baraka being the haymaker, the slow, the telling a story. Um, did you know they originally wanted Slice Stallone to play Baraka? That would have been amazing. Yeah. So it, it would have been a silent, like a silent part still. But they wanted Slice Alone to be in the suit. And the idea, now that I've thought about it more, it makes more sense. Like, my initial reaction was like, eh? But, like, the slow moving, the actual, um, the big punches, the big moves. Slice Alone, you're thinking Rocky. You're thinking Demolition Man. You're not thinking, like, Jet Li and Robin Show and all of these fast moving. Uh, Tony Jaa was in this movie. By the way. That was that was one of the things I was going to mention in the yeah. trivia. Tony Jaa was yeah, yeah. Liu Kang's stunt double. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> this was this was before his film debut. He was Liu Kang's stunt double. No wonder all this stuff looks yep. hot. And he takes the bumps and you feel it. Yep. Good lord. But yep. yeah, I, I can see what you mean about Sly Stallone. I mean, this would have been This was ninety seven, so filmed in ninety six. Yeah, so Demolition Man, mm-hmm. just after Rocky Four, I believe. So Judge he was Dredd. Judge Dredd. So he's absolutely in his prime. He mm-hmm. would have the right build. You wouldn't have to put like I don't. Obviously, I don't know the guy who did it, but you wouldn't have had to like put any sort of baggy clothes in him. He had the right build. The only thing that would have looked off would have been his head. So and his arms were big enough anywhere, you know. Mm-hmm. So his arms were looking sort of like Popeye, but it would have fit. It completely would have fit as a silent role. It would have worked and. Because he, all the films at that time that he was in, he was an absolute 
brawler. He was he was like not just a boxer, but he was a just a doubt out street brawler. Mm-hmm. Out down whatever it is. He was just an absolute brawler. Yeah, and it wouldn't make sense. You've got um, a highly trained Shaolin monk versus someone that he's not prepared for, who is not going to fight fair. Because what I mean, he's got blades on his arms for Christ's sake. You know, he's not going to fight fair. Liu Kang has to fight on the fly just to survive, and it fits in with the aesthetic until the very last fight scene of everyone's just barely getting by. You know, only just. Yep. And that really fits in with it. That, I think, is something that is lost when people watch... That, that point there where you're saying they're just getting by, I think it's something that that is lost when a lot of people watch this movie by itself. Realistically, because it follows the events of the first Mortal Kombat, like, immediately, as soon as they get to the end of that film, the next one starts. And that's supposed to be... That's supposed to show that these people have just gone through the tournament, they've just saved the world, and they are knackered. Right. Yeah. There's a bit with um, with uh, Sonya and Jax where they're walking through the desert before she gets attacked by Jade and covered in mud. Um, there's a bit Melina. where she says, "Yeah, Melina." Sorry, yeah, where she yeah. she gets attacked by Melina, although it isn't she isn't named. Um, but there there is like a little bit of a hint there of Kitana. No, I'm not Kitana. Yeah, and then you attacked, wish. Right? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um. And and Sonya says, "This has been the longest week of my life." And it's not meant to be that the film up to that point takes a week. It's meant to be that the two films up to that point take a week. Because that's like two days into the actual film. So she's already done a, mm-hmm. like four days on the island, mm-hmm. taking on Kano. So she took on Kano and killed him completely. Mm-hmm. You know, she got a revenge for her old partner being killed by him. Then mm-hmm. she has to fight... She's in the fight with uh, Jax fighting all the people in the background, with Cyrax trying to deal with that, and then she's fighting Melina. And the thing is, with Sonya Blade, it's not just one fight, she's in multiple. Mm-hmm. There's there's less main characters, but they're in more fights. Yep. Because yep. they don't have to set up the story. It's like, let's just do action. Yeah, another fight, another fight, let's do it, another fight, another fight. Brilliant. And I think a lot of people don't, maybe don't see that point when they complain about, oh, well, the fight scenes are not really that engaging. Well, they're not. They're kind of not supposed to be because, you know, the good guys are knackered. They've been doing this for five days straight by this point. But anyway. It, it leads into the fact that the, the whole Mortal Kombat thing was meant to be a trilogy. Because mm-hmm. you get, like, the, the, the three-act structure. We never got third act. You get, like, sets up the story. So setting up the story, they go through the, the, the tournament, Liu Kang wins, he saves the Earth. The second act, everyone gets their butt kicked royally no one comes out of that look it smell like roses and then the third one right it was meant he had quan chi so he's a sorcerer he can use necromancy so he would have had an undead army so it's them going against the odds trying to triumph but because the third one never happened it kind of feels like that happens in the second one anyway just because the last fight you know but it's yeah it's they're absolutely shattered anyone that's ever been in a martial arts tournament ever gone to the gym or been in an actual fight with the adrenaline Mm -hmm. these characters are running on pure adrenaline for a week i've Mm -hmm. done that for two days and i had to sleep for a week afterwards imagine Mm -hmm. running on pure adrenaline fighting for your life running away from extermination squads that are taking over the earth and killing everyone imagine doing that for a full week it's sort of like it's the movie Rambo on steroids mm. for a whole and group. It, and it, it's, it's one of the hidden gems of this film. When, when you yeah. sit down and think about it, it makes sense and it adds to it, but no one yeah. sees that. Like, oh, but, come on, wake up people. 
But then again, we're applying logic to a movie that takes place in, you know, a, a different, that has a tournament to decide, the, a fighting tournament to decide the, 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 you know, the, the, the fate of the universe. So maybe we shouldn't be aggrandizing so much. Yeah. To, to, <laughs> to quote a previous episode, and I won't mention which, we're using shaky fist logic, but in a positive Absolutely. way. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So, yeah, let's talk about your last scene here, Squidge, because I haven't got any others, but I've got there's, some points there's, for there's you. A build up to the, there's a build-up to the last scene. Can I just mention how awesome Raiden is in this film? Just completely awesome. He is the best leader because he leads by example, for first off, mm-hmm. right? He's willing to sacrifice himself for humans, and he's a god because he believes in them so much. When Raiden meets everyone, before he starts saying we can't fight between ourselves, it's, it's, he points at Jade, does she fight as good as she looks? You know, how is everything going? And then the first thing he says to Jax is, what's with the arms? You're dissing me already, you've met me for a minute. I mean no disrespect, you don't need the arms. You're skilled mm-hmm. enough. Mm-hmm. Right? So he believes in everyone from the get-go. And then when it leads up to the, the final confrontation... Right before they have the final confrontation, he doesn't put pressure on anyone. He truly believes in them. He knows they can win, but he's not putting that pressure on. All he says, right, because Luke Kang says, "I'm not ready. I'm not ready," and he says this one line, and this is why I think this could be classed as a Disney film. It's got such a wholesome message, and this is a message that I carry around personally in my life, and it's so nice to see it reflected in a film. All you can do is your best. If it turned out that Shao Kahn lost, Raiden would still be proud of them. Because mm-hmm. they gave it their all, and he knew they were going to give it their all. All you can do is your best. Mm-hmm. Liu Kang puts a lot of pressure on himself. It turns out Katana puts a lot of pressure on him as well. But it kind of makes sense because he's the, the main hero of the film. But <clears throat> just God's sake, the whole world goes to the dribbling in six days. And on the last day, Liu Kang before the time runs out and turns out Shao Kahn turns mortal, so the last fight is actual mortal combat, he's fighting someone who's immortal, doing his best and knowing that he has to win. But Raiden is not going to be disappointed if he doesn't win. And it's sort of like, if you want an example of how to be a leader, you don't point and say, do this, you're on the front lines with them, we're going to fight them. Raiden is the perfect example because he's just so... Oh, he, he just believes in them. Mm-hmm. And it, it, a lot of people, because I, I, I read a lot of things about this film, there's a lot of, you know, it's it's sort of like character development and all the rest of it. I should have had Christopher Lambert back because he added that comedy in one of you. But for the tone of the film and leading the group, reading in this, I, I can't remember the dude's name, but just his lines and how he is and his his care and affection for the the team from Earth, it shows through, and he's just such an awesome leader. He doesn't put pressure on him. He just goes, you're going to do what you're going to do. I believe in you. And mm-hmm. even in the last fight, this to, to the last thing that I'm going to do, he shows up in front of Shao Kahn, right? All of them are sort of like stood there and they're ready. It's a four on four. They're going to do it. He shows up in front of Shao Kahn to his dying breath. He tries to resolve this peacefully. Mm-hmm. He, tr- he tries reason to his dying breath, because he still believes he can ch- not change the outcome, but try and change the opinion. Mm-hmm. And it's it's a perfect example of um, 
violence, despite it's all about fighting, violence is always the very last resort. He still tries to see reason, even with his, his own father. He tries to see reason. This is after you find out the bombshell of Raiden is Shao Kahn's brother and Shinnok is his dad. He's still trying to reason with them. And he's human and he, st- he, knows, he, he knows in the back of his mind he's going to lose because he's fighting an immortal, but he still tries. Perfect example of a team leader. So you need that hook. You need a reason why the team would... Because it's beautiful because they go into it thinking okay, this is it, right? Shao Kahn's like, this is the last day, we need to finish this. And he's kind of worried, but he goes into it with all confidence in the world because he can't lose, he's immortal, right? Well, he thinks he's immortal, he's just really strong. The hero team go in and they're thinking, we're just going to try, there's nothing left. They've been told they need to kill Shao Kahn. Their original plan of reuniting Katana and Sindel was a ruse, it was a red herring, it wasn't going to work. So this is it, this is completely it. Then you have... Raiden dies, truly believing that he could make a difference. But it serves as a plot device because Liu Kang gains that confidence. Whether he's going to win or not, he's, he's got that, that fire in his stomach, right? So you've got... The battle is a two-act structure. Every, because the whole battle is one big battle before Liu Kang and Shao Kahn properly. So you've got, I believe it's Air Mac. I'm pretty sure he's the red one. You've got mm-hmm. Motaro, who only says his own name at the end, so you don't quite know what his name is, and Sindel. Now, the Sindel and Katana fight, it's all kicks, proving Legfu wins. Um, I've always said this in movie reviews. Legfu is king. You kick, you're going to survive. Um, so that fight didn't really pan out. There's not too much in it, because I don't think the two actors are martial artists. They could just they were flexible enough to do some kicks, so they did some whip cuts and went with it. Um Jax goes against an impossible odds bad guy, right? He's getting he's, he's getting his butt handed to him, but he's not stopping. Then he gets taunted about his arms, and then something Raiden said, you don't need them. And he starts to believe. He truly starts to believe, and it's that belief, right? He takes him off, and he ends by punching him in what we consider is the nuts, right? And that's how mm-hmm. he wins. But it's just an epic moment. He needs to do it, and he starts to believe, right? Sonia asks for help. She doesn't ask for help. It's like that, that character arc. She asks for help. She realises she's outmanned, despite the fact before Air Mac cloned himself, she was kind of holding her own. Um, but she asks for help. That gives Jax the, the motivation to, I'm going to end this fight now because she needs my help. Right? Katana wins her battle, and then you get the Liu Kang fight. Right? And he's getting his butt kicked, let's face it. Shao Kahn, it's very much, it's filmed like, I can punch you and you're going to end up in Australia, right? He's got that kind of power, right? Bang, bang, bang. He's plainly losing. He's using leg foo. It's not working. Shao Kahn's too powerful. The other gods show up, right? Something happens. I can't remember what it is. I'm not going to try and remember, remember. Yeah. right? But they do the, the Liu Kang finally turns into his, his dragon form, and I'll, I'll, to my dying day, I'll always remember him in the CG dragon form getting into stance. Mm. It's not just he stood there and he's being menacing, he's in the, the martial arts stance, and then Hydra shows up and he scratches him a few times, and then they fly off into a different part of the broken down temple, and Shao uh, Kahn realises that he's been scratched, he's bleeding, he's human, then it clicks, um, he, you know, he's 
he's actually human, he's mortal. His father said, I told you there'd be repercussions. The other elder gods show up because his father was going to intervene. And then finally, it's this will be decided in mortal combat. And then the music starts. I'm like, I'm so hyped. And then it's a proper fight. Shao Kahn's still powerful, but it's a proper fight and they're going at it and what have you. And um, it's it's just, it's it's a perfect escalation for a 90s film. Perfect escalation of of odds, circumstances, and what's on, what's on, you know what's on on the line, and it's finally Liu Kang gets a fighting chance. It's still a hard fight, but he's got an actual fighting chance now, and he overcomes the odds. Everyone wins, blah blah blah, you know. Um, and then once Shao Kahn dies, the giant dragon inside him disappears because he's got um the the dragon's got an audition with the Game of Thrones people. Um, so you've got a, a Shao Kahn skin rug. If you, if anyone wants it, um, Shinnok gets dissolved, folded up, and ready to be pressed into iPhone cases later on. Um, so <laughs> then, then, then Raiden's brought back to life, and you know the the scenery just changes, and suddenly the back on Earth and everything's mm-hmm. fine. And he, he walks by everyone, and says the equivalent of "I knew you can do it. I'm so proud of you. I'm off, but I'm going to be watching you. Stay out of trouble. Fat chance, you know they're always going to get in trouble." Um, you have the happy ending, which kind of feels a little bit rushed. You know, Sindel's back in a human form. Um, everything's fine and dandy, and then credits. It can yeah. it feels like a whip cut. I, I kind of felt a little bit of whiplash, you know, watching that. So the crazy thing about the ending is that they they had to reshoot it because the original ending had uh, Quan Chi showing up and doing a whole bunch mm-hmm. of stuff, um, and they had to refilm it. Um, but but like I said at the beginning of the episode, the celluloid out there somewhere with that ending on it they just they they were they didn't have the time the the studio said it's good enough send it out there they didn't have the time to add the effects and the features that they wanted so yeah that's why it feels rushed because like it was supposed to be them going hey yeah 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 and then quan g shows up and then and then it's like next time on mortal Kombat, you know what i mean oh dragon balls i'm not as good as <laughs> the impression we've got um I will say that the the lead up to the final day, um, where shout where just to go back, just to set up the final part of the film, where he's addressing the troops and Shinnok's there and he's really proud and he finally puts his hand on his shoulder like Shao Kahn had to invade another realm to get his father's approval, which is messed up, right? But while he's doing this speech, that's when Liu Kang sneaks into the the the, the castle to rescue Katana. And I'm going to hit you a quote, but I've I've edited the quote slightly to fit in with it, right? It's sort of like witness the final day of the two realms. The the two realms will become one. Raiden's mortals have uh, were fell for my trap, and now. Uh, Raiden's Raiden's pathetic mortals will bow at my feet while you go take over the world I will get in line for Disneyland Outworld because the queues are really small now and I can finally go wake me up when it's time for the final battle you know it sets up the last part of the film beautifully (laughs) right (laughs) I had to hold that laughing for so long that was Disneyland Outworld I would go to I think I think it'd be amazing yeah But yeah, as so, as for like, I, I truly believe this could be a Disney film because there's very little blood. There's not that much mention of death. He's, anytime you see someone like burst into flames or get eaten by something, it's in. It's not sort of like modern modern uh, martial arts films where it's like there's very 
very massive whip cuts and there's blood and there's you know obvious scarring and battle wounds and stuff i seriously think this could be a disney film just mm-hmm. to how it's made just because it's got a wholesome message good guys win at the end there's escalation you know there's surprisingly very little death yeah i think there's only really three deaths in this shiva gets squished yeah uh, um uh, ermac gets his head snapped or is it Melina that gets their head snapped? No, Ermac um, gets his head snapped. Melina just gets thrown. It's when yeah. the temporary dragon tattoo you find out later on when that disappears, it's mm-hmm. upon the fighter's death. But it's never implied the dead, apart from uh, Ermac at yeah. the end because you see his next. Well, see his next snap. Yeah, mm-hmm. but yeah, it's just. I truly believe that this is this could be a Disney film, and it's just mm-hmm. an awesome example of a '90s action flick. I will put it up there with. Maybe not Rocky Four, but like Rocky Three and Speed, and it's it's a very good example of a '90s action flick. It's not as good as Demolition Man, but it's almost on par. You know, that's okay. that's my feelings of it. So as we start to wrap up, then. I just want to drop four little pieces of, of trivia on you. One's a discussion point, which we can come back to, right? Mm-hmm. But the, for the first three that I'm going to whip through real quick, are, um, firstly, the guy who played Scorpion in the first film, Chris Casamassa, um, said he didn't want to come back and play Scorpion and Sub-Zero and all the masked ninja-like characters and help with the fight uh, choreography because he got an offer to work on Batman and Robin. Cool. And I'm not sure which is the better film. <laughs> Mm. interesting bit of trivia yeah 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 um so uh yeah so that's the first one second one um is that this movie directly led this movie specifically directly led to warner brothers owning midway and the entire mortal Kombat ip um Mm. the ten thousand foot low detail version of it is um uh they were originally planning to make a third movie um, and mm. no one could settle on who was going to direct it, who was going to be in it. And it was in development hell all the way up until 2009. Um, at which point, um, unfortunately, the Katrina um, event happened. Hurricane Katrina happened. They'd already started building sets and started fi- started filming some stuff. In New Orleans, then, yeah. Hur- yeah, then Hurricane Katrina happened in New Orleans. Um, mm-hmm. Chris Kasanoff then um, went into bankruptcy, as did Midway Games. Mm. And... Uh, uh, not, not Chris Kasanoff, Lawrence Kasanoff, sorry, producer in, of the first two movies, mm. producer of the first two movies. Um, he filed for bankruptcy um, and went into a bankruptcy lawsuit against Midway in 2009, saying that since he was still working on the third film, he needed to get as much money out of Midway before it went under so he could yeah. continue to make the film because he had the rights. New Line Cinema at the time had been bought by Warner Brothers. New Line Cinema still owned the rights to make the film, but they'd subcontracted it out to Lawrence Kasanov. Um, yeah. And so Warner Brothers had a controlling stake in what the ruling of the of the, uh, law, the lawsuit was. Um, mm. And then Kasanov, this is brilliant, the, the, the stones on this guy. Kasanov dropped in court that um, clearly it was his movies that made Mock Combat the, uh, the winning games that they were and not the games themselves. Just wanted to throw yeah. that out there. Um, mm. So what happened was the court, <laughs> the court case became really litigious. A dub, uh, Warner Brothers stepped in and said, I'll tell you what, we'll buy Midway and we'll pass on some money to Lawrence Kasanov so he can make yeah. his final film, which never happened. Yeah. So, yeah. So, um, 
Yeah, so WB, Warner Brothers, Warner Brothers Interactive, owns Mortal Kombat specifically because of this movie. Yeah. Um, the last two that I want to mention, um, Ed Boon and John Tobias have both at different times in their careers up to this point have said very publicly that this movie is the worst thing to have ever happened in the Mortal Kombat media franchise. Which, I, um, I don't believe that myself, but... Yeah, yeah. I don't either, right? They, clearly, they never saw the TV show. But, yeah, <laughs> I like the TV or, show. Or indeed played <laughs> any of the Mortal Kombat games after Mortal Kombat 4, because that was the beginning of the end for me. But there we go. Uh, well, it, it, led, then, it led to the remakes and the resurgence of Mortal Kombat, because the games are quite fun. Um, mm, it, it, it led to it coming back into pop culture and um, revitalizing... Uh, fighting games so it's not yeah. just street fighter it's got a competitor yeah. competition breeds innovation that kind of thing it leads on you know so it was a good oh. thing you know it turned um, out to be a good thing wasn't a good thing at the time but it turned out to be a good thing so the resident evil movie sequels happened because of the or, or rather went in the direction that they did because of this movie paul ws anderson directed the first mortal Kombat movie and then mm-hmm. stepped away and was like nah, I'm, I've, I've told my story I'm done. I'm happy to go do something else. So he went and did something else, right? Um, then uh, when he saw this sequel, he was like, I should have still been in charge. I should have been directing the ship. Yeah. Um, at which point he said publicly that he deeply regretted not working on Mortal Kombat Annihilation because he feels like he could have had a, a, a louder voice and made it better. Um, yeah. And because of that, he decided to retain control of the Resident Evil movies so that he could steer the ship and mm. stick with the franchise. And so the Resident Evil movies after the first one are a direct result of Mortal Kombat Annihilation. Mm. So, you know, confused Pikachu face, right? Mm. <laughs> and then the just just out of interest, do you know what the third film was supposed to be called? Do you know what the working title was? I don't it's know. It's Devastation. Devastation, okay. It's meant right. to be called Devastation, yeah. It, it, was, right. it was meant to be filmed in 2000, slated for 2008. Right. Um, obviously, the hurricane happened, which was horrible, um, yeah. for all sorts of reasons. And then, obviously, the lawsuit in 2009 going to 2010. So, you know, but it was meant to be yeah, yeah. filmed in 2008. So it's a long period. Yeah. But it, that was when it was meant to be sort of like film slash released, you know. Okay. And then the last thing I'm going to bring up, right? And this could be a bit of a short conversation point before we wrap up because we've gone for a little while now. I'm a little worried that people are going to be, oh, God, shut up about Mortal Kombat. Or maybe they're screaming at their car radios, Jay, you're you're obviously, you're getting it wrong. You're an idiot. Hmm. Guess what? I am an idiot and I get it wrong. So that's fine. Um, One thing that I wrote down that isn't really part of a, it's not really part of a scene. It's more of the whole movie. Um, So... There are three trials that Liu Kang has to pass in order to get his animality. This is something that Nightwolf says. He says you've got to pass three trials. Mm-hmm. Um, we know that the first one is self-esteem and courage, right? When Liu Kang falls asleep, he has a dream about Katana being killed and telling him that she never really cared about him and that it's all his fault and all that. That's his self-esteem and courage, being able to better that trial. He's done it. Trial one. Trial he wakes two, up to and- snow, which is made from shredded um, plastic bags. Absolutely. Absolutely. Then the the second trial is temptation. That's when Jade shows up, gives him a kiss and says, why don't we go to bed? But Mm. she doesn't say those words, but she she said it's implied. And he turns her away and says, no, my heart belongs to another. It belongs to Katana. I've got to go rescue her. He's past trial two. 
we never find out what trial three is because it never happens. Either that or the producers and writers forgot and just went, eh, no one will remember. Carry on. Mm. So, yeah. I suppose Again, you could say tri- trial three is how he deals with his feelings after Raiden dies. If he turns into a positive, if he doesn't give in to anger. I mean, he does, but he doesn't completely give in. He uses it as a weapon. He doesn't yeah. give in and he doesn't lose control. Yeah, it's it's more like a test of self-control. Yeah, maybe After something maybe. truly difficult happened, can you still remain in control? So yeah, it could be that. But, but again, it's never explicitly said, right? So it mm. could have been that. Um, or indeed, it could have been any of the other things he does in the film. But mm. yeah, I just thought it was really interesting that Nightwolf specifically says three trials, and he only ever has two named official trials. So there you go. But uh, tell you what, Squidge, right? Here's all what all the facts do. I've got are really quick. Because yeah. all okay, the facts yeah, you had, apart from one, was what I had. So the voice of Scorpion in the film was Ed Boon. Mm-hmm. Because I thought it was really weird. I was looking at IMDb and it said Ed Boon. And I thought, he's not in the film. Yeah. Right? Second thing is, there was an official novelization of this movie. There was. Which I'm going to have to track down. Because um, I like novelizations of game films. Some of them work, some of them don't. Um, and the third, uh, well, a couple other ones, is the the soundtrack for this has got Rammstein, it's got a Megadeth mm-hmm. mix, and it's got a scooter, uh, a track from Scooter in it, which is a, a rave techno band out of yeah. uh, Germany, I think. I think they are. Um, but yeah, so the, the the soundtrack's very sort of like techno-industrial, dancey, ravey, heavy metal type thing. Um, mm-hmm. And the last one I've got for you is the filming locations include Jordan, Thailand, Lund- uh, London, and the Isle of Anglesey, which I think is off the coast of Wales. Mm-hmm. Geography is not is. strong, so so yeah, it's yep. all sorts of. It's not just like one island near it's Thailand that went all over yeah. the place. Yeah, it's not just on a beach near Thailand. It's everywhere. You know, and actually, so, if you watch if you watch the credits all the way to the end, there is actually a part that says uh, we wish to thank the people of Thailand and explicitly say that we filmed nowhere near any of your national monuments and that this film yeah. contains no footage of them being damaged or footage of recreations of them being damaged. Because I, th- I think the, the Taiwanese people are very protective about their, yeah. their historical monuments. So I thought that was the, pretty cool for them to add right at the end. The, the credits also contain a flub. They get either the name or the location of the island of Anglesey off of Wales wrong. Yeah, so that's a bit of a flub in the credits. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. it's off of Wales. <laughs> yeah. It's for those people who get into technical stuff. So yeah, we when we when we're talking about these um, movies based on video games, we don't really give them a rating as in you know four out of five, eight out of ten, or you know if you know because we're not IGN, so we don't say that everything. We're not Rotten Tomatoes. Absolutely right. So yeah, we don't pretend that we're independent like IGN does, and then say that um, that we give them everything a rating of nine out of ten as long as they pay us enough money. Um, so what we do, Shots is we, fired. We, <laughs> we it's almost like we give a rating on three separate parts of three separate uh, categories that the movie could fit into. The ratings that we choose are if we love it, that's the best. If we recommend people try it, or if we think that people should fling it into a tree, which is the worst. Mm -hmm. So love it, try it, fling it into a tree, best, middle, worst. And we give those ratings across three separate categories. So in this instance, as an action movie or martial arts movie, as a video game movie, and as a 
Mortal Kombat movie in the Mortal Kombat media canon. Mm. So, Squidge, I know you were leading earlier on, but obviously I want to ask you, and then you can ask me if you like. Um, mm-hmm. So how would you rate this as a video game movie? An example of a video game movie. So if you were, if you were somebody you know has never seen a video game movie before, and you want to you wanna sit them through a video game movie, how would you rate it? I wouldn't rate it... Again, this is foreshadowing for an episode we're going to do in the future. I wouldn't rate it as high as the first Mortal Kombat movie. Okay. But as an example of a video game movie, you can do a hell of a lot worse. It is, it's fun. It's quick. It's action-orientated. It's everything the Mortal Kombat games are. You just jump in. You beat the crap out of someone. You know, someone gets the butt kicked. They overcome adversity, you know, and then they continue on. Very little story, um, so there's not much you need to catch up on because it gives you a brief two-minute catch-up, you know. So it's, in itself, as a video game movie, it's quite self-contained, which is surprising. But it is a really good example of a fighting genre video game movie, I feel. Um, It is, I would say, try it, personal opinion. I'd say it it is top dog. It is the mutt's nuts. It is amazing. You know, I would recommend it to anyone, but that's just my personal feelings towards it. Um, But I would say at the very least, give it a try. You can do a lot worse for like, if you've got nothing to do on a Sunday afternoon and you want to watch a film, you could do a lot worse than watch Mortal Kombat Annihilation. Mario Brothers. (laughs) Man, I've got a hell of a cough. Okay. So what about as a martial arts fantasy action movie? love it absolutely love it it's you can't get more action-packed i don't think um for the style of a 90s martial arts movie going on from there it's very nitty-gritty it's very they've gone into a a direction of here's the fight scenes they're very hard-hitting they're very impactful but we're going to do more story than fight scene because it seems to be the story's more important um, setting up the stakes and then the fight scene's very quick but it's so hard hitting your teeth get knocked down your throat just watching it you know but but as an example of a 90s martial arts film um and especially an american produced 90s martial arts film this is you can't get more action-packed outside of like china and japan because their martial arts films are very there's a very little story and then it's just one fight scene after another this is what Mortal Kombat annihilation is it's it's got that vibe to it, but you don't have to look at subtitles or listen to a really awful dub. You know, it's it's very action packed. It's in your face. It's very little story. It does what it says on the tin, essentially. You know, so as a martial arts film, it is very good. I would highly recommend it to anyone. It is amazing. Okay, so then as a Mortal Kombat movie in the Mortal Kombat franchise. Hmm. I would say, I'm not going to say throw it into a tree. I'd say give it a try because um, this led to a massive reboot. So this, I believe it's good. Other people believe it's the drip. Um, But this led to arguably greater things. Um, A refresh, a reboot. This was the catalyst. I don't think the catalyst was bad. By by any means, I think this, uh, moving on to what should have been the third movie in the trilogy, there was a lot of backstage stuff. 
a lot of lawsuits, uh, natural disasters. You know, it was a perfect. I don't want to. I don't mean to say this after saying natural disaster, but it was a perfect storm mm-hmm. of how to reboot an entire franchise, and this this influenced um, Resident Evil. Uh, the Resident Evil live-action films. This had an impact, I think, on video game movies as a whole. Um, up until recently, where they've been taken more seriously, because video games are huge in this day and age. It's not just a niche thing where nerds play them. You know, it's huge, and it's pro- people have proved they can make video game movies well. So this is sort of like the start of the eventual rebirth that took 15, 20 years of like the video game movie. So as a as a but as for the canon, um, video games can get remade, especially nowadays. It is it is definitely worth a watch. Um, I'm not going to fling it into a tree because that's been too nasty. But it's <laughs> it's definitely worth a watch because just the implications of this film and what came afterwards, it had a profound change on video game movies as a whole moving forward. It is a very underrated gem. Okay, cool. This film, so definitely give it a, a look. So same questions to you, sir. So, as a video game movie, I fit somewhere between fling it in a tree and try it. Um, the much, much like hmm. video games of the era, there's a lot of plot missing. There's a lot of yeah. character development missing. Just like video games at the time, at least the big American action video games had no plot. They hmm. had no nothing. Like there was Instant nothing action. to drive them. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right. So it kind of fits with that. So that's making me lean towards try it. But then just like the 50-50 nature of like you could, I feel like you could take every scene in this film, every major scene in this film and divide them in, divide them into piles. You could have the good scenes and the bad scenes and you would have mm. exactly equal amount of both. Yeah. Um, and so that's why I'm like fling it into a tree because like from a filmmaking standpoint, until that Baraka scene, most of it is just from my from my limited understanding of how filmmaking works and what you're looking for in a, in a piece of art it just doesn't stand up that yeah. scene itself doesn't make up for it and the fact that what we got was the work print version kind of that helps me to lean more towards try it because if you can put your your preconceived notions of what CGI, especially CGI in the nineties looked like yeah. and accept awful <laughs> yeah and accept what you're looking at as this is the best they could do with the time that they had before the studio stepped in and said, nope, just release it because we're done. Just release it. Yeah. Then, yeah, you, you're leaning more towards try it. But like I said, I'm halfway between try it and fling it in a tree. You know, I'm, I'm pre-Pixar with- CGI. I might yeah. add pre-Pixar. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So this, um, this was like the pinnacle of what you're going to get. This is this, the, the CGI in this film is Jason Argonauts, Jason and the Argonauts on steroids. It was a mixture of, you can tell it's a mixture of like stop motion or it looks like stop motion, which I think makes it better and CGI. So I believe it's stop motion with a glaze on it. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's very <laughs> impressive for at the time. If you look at other movies at the time that use CGI, I'll give you one example that comes to mind straight away. Lawn Mow Man. Mm-hmm. It's got nothing on yeah. Mortal Kombat Annihilation. Seriously. Of course, right? It's that Apart from James era, Bond being right? in it, but yeah, it's, it's got nothing on Mortal Kombat. <laughs> So the second question, I can't remember what it was now. So Just it was as a, <laughs> a, a martial film. arts action fantasy yeah, action film. The, what do you think? As, as that, it's perfect. It hits every single beat along the way. Mm. Most action movies don't 
okay, so action movies of the time, we're talking like the Lethal Weapons, we're talking Last Action Hero, we're talking Demolition Man. They have a they have a little bit of story catch you up. They have action scene, action scene, loads of exposition and story, action scene, action scene. Whereas this is a little bit of story, action, story, action, story, action, story, action, story, action, all the way through. So if that's the kind of movie you want, love it. And, you know, I did write down in my notes while I was, whilst the credits were rolling, um, would I call this an enjoyable experience? Maybe, but it held my attention. Like yeah. every time I wanted to do something, like if I wanted to, like if I had to leave the room or if I had to write something down, I had to pause it. I didn't want to miss anything. Right. Mm. So it's held my attention, which is what a movie's supposed to do. So I would say love it as an action fantasy martial arts movie. Love it. It's it's got a decidedly lack of um, action film of the time. So a prime example, I'll give you last action here in Demolition Man. It revolves around one character who looks the part, mm-hmm. has all the testosterone, and never loses a fight or barely loses a fight. Or if they do mm-hmm. lose a fight, it's only temporarily, but it's against someone who's heavily into either having a big army or um, is martial arts trained. So last action hero, the main enemy is very calculating, very cunning, puts stuff in the ways that's more trap-based. Demolition man, you're fighting Wesley Snipes, who's a martial artist, right? So this has got decidedly... Um, I'm not not trying to steal your thunder here, but it's it's got equal share of the characters, so they have their story plot points in their fights. It's not one big, massively seemingly roided wrestler dude playing a martial artist who you're supposed to believe in. It's one guy who believes in himself, who's got the skills, who is prepared to go through every blow to try and win, and that's refreshing for a martial arts movie in the '90s, especially uh, an American produced one. Mm-hmm. which yeah. you barely ever saw. It's just one big dude. I've got all the skills. I'm going to win, and there's a tiny bit of peril, and then I win anyway. No, this, this is different. It's an American-produced martial arts film that's got a plot, very little of it, but a plot. It's got a nice narrative, and it holds your attention. It's not, I'm going to win because reasons. You know, it's it's a group of people repeatedly getting beat on but finally come through in the end it holds your attention because they're not winning all the time which again is refreshing for the 90s for a 90s film you know i don't want to steal your band it's still your thunder there <laughs> it's just i just i just wanted to add to what you were saying it's just really refreshing it's it's kind of once you start it's hard to walk away from it like you said it's it, it's unique in that respect and the third point, as in the Mortal Kombat um, like video game law, I know you sort of lost interest after the fourth game. Um, yeah, so like if somebody said to me, I've never played a Mortal Kombat game, should I watch, but I'm into movies, should I watch Mortal Kombat Annihilation and get the whole point of the Mortal Kombat games? I'm sitting on a try it. Um, it doesn't really explain the 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 point of the games. Because, right? like, ostensibly, the point of the games is to beat the crap out of people, right? There's no, mm. there isn't a story. There's a flimsy story put there to to get, at least in the first two games, there's a flimsy story. You're in a tournament. If you win the tournament, Earth will continue. If you lose the tournament, Earth will be destroyed. Yeah, it's, it's it. Earth's last chance. If they lose, yeah, that's right? it, they're done. Yeah. That's literally it. I mean, I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to uh, detract away from um, either Boone or Tobias, 
but that's 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 what it is right um and it kind of has that feel to it but you still there's plot points that they mention that happen in the first movie that you kind of need yeah. to know a little bit about and so as someone who's only ever seen the first two mortal Kombat movies i can't really talk about the, the I, I could talk about i could talk to the tv show and the cartoon but i can't talk about um you know the web exclusive ones the rebirth and stuff like that or indeed the 2021 movie because i haven't seen them yet mm. uh, pro tip we are going to be covering the 2021 movie so stick around for that Spoiler. um spoilers indeed but as someone who's only ever seen the first two movies i don't think that annihilation is a good example of the metal of the metal of the mortal combat canon uh, i think the first movie is a fantastic example of the mortal combat mm. canon so um, I will reserve my point about the first one until when we do the first one with a mm. special guest, by the way, hopefully. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so the, this movie is not a great example of a Mortal Kombat um, media entry into the franchise because you kind of need to know the things going into it. Um, yeah. you, need to have, um, you need to have seen the first one to be able to get what's going on with this one. So as a standalone movie, I'm going to try it with the caveat that you're not going to know a lot if you haven't seen the first movie you know but then again you know again we're talking about a movie that doesn't a movie based on the game that doesn't really have a plot so do is it that all you need to know is that it's the end of the world if they lose maybe it's sort of like it's bordering on shaky fist logic the, the kind of thing yeah, you're exactly. describing is you can't play I'll, I'll relate it to a different game you can't play god of war 3 without playing the God of War 2, because it starts off and he's falling from Mount Olympus. Why is he falling from Mount Olympus? You're never told. You're just falling from Mount Olympus, so there's no Absolutely. context. Absolutely. It tries to give you context. There's not much. It gives you enough to know what you're doing. Know what you're walking into, that's about it. Where if you miss the first movie, it's sort of like you're missing out on a gem. You know, it, it does set up the story really well, surprisingly, from for a video game movie, you know? Um... But yeah, I, I, I kind of see that. I, I know what you mean. It's uh, yeah. Surprisingly, this this film hasn't got a, a distinctive throat into a tree. So I think it's not going to continue this trend forever. But I think it's the the, the video game movies that we're, we're going through uh, kind of getting a little better. I've got a feeling it's going to tank at one point. Uh, but they're kind of getting better. I really well, want to get to the ones that tank. You know. Yeah, my plan for this season is uh, for this series of episodes. Uh, the whole Ghost of the Movie series is that we are going to hit the episodes that tank really rather soon. Not like mm. the next episode of Waffle and Taylor's, but one of the next few of the Ghost of the Movies, when we put them out there, will be a tanky episode. So well, we're setting them up to up knock them down. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's going to be saying, fun. Yeah, what we're saying is not every... And the whole point of this series is that not every video game movie is a good one. And we're 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 putting our opinions and the thoughts and opinions of our guests and collaborators down, so that if you want to come along and go, I want to watch a video game movie, you don't watch the bad ones. That's the whole point of these series. It's it's kind series. of like we're we're trying to save you a click. Yeah, you know? exactly, exactly. Yeah. Cool. All right. Well, I mean, you've gone and listened to another episode of the Waffle and Taylor, so thank you very. Sorry, much. it was so long. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, we've but committed we the sin here. We uh, in our in our production notes for all of these episodes, we have "Do not commit the sin," and the sin is going longer than the movie. And so we've committed it on this one, but I think that's just because there's so much to talk about. Yeah, so, it is. Yeah. It is a very highly compact film that takes a yeah. lot of time to pick apart, and we didn't pick apart everything. 
No, of course. I could have gone on for hours on this. I quite happily go on for hours about this. This is a fantastic movie. I love it. In fact, (laughs) right, come join the Discord. We don't shout Mm. about it too much, but come join the Discord because I'm interested to find out what your thoughts of Mortal Kombat Annihilation are. Um, We are going to be doing Mortal Kombat 95 and Mortal Kombat 21, but we don't know when yet. We're still, Mm. you know, wrangling guests and figuring all of that out so let us know and what we what we sometimes do is we announce these recordings ahead of time on the discord server and collect the thoughts and opinions of the people in there and there's conversations going on there all the time and you know squidge is doing this wonderful thing of posting silly memes and wholesome links and stuff so if you want to shot a wholesome every day come and join the server because there's something in there for everybody so Mm. and and we record using our discord server so if you want to be on the show Give us a shout and join the server, right? It's it's the one way to get in touch with us. <laughs> mm. So, yeah, with that said, Scridge, any final thoughts on MKA? Um, not really. Okay, fair enough. I, I, th- I think <laughs> I've said everything that needs to be said. It's not highly game-related, so you don't have someone saying, like, uh, flawless victory, fatality, and all that. Um, so it's... It can be viewed as a movie in its own right. You kind of do it at the beginning. There is a there is a reference into uh, the game, like um, Sindel when she fights. I want to say she's having a bit of a fisticuffs fight with Katara and knocks her down. She says that was fun, which is what she says when you do a friendship. But yeah. like that's a tenuous, right? That's a proper like that and a mentor like, of Striker and Cabal, you know. But yeah, right. Of course, yeah. Don't link it somehow. But yeah, it's um, my final thoughts is you could do a lot worse video game movies. Um, mm-hmm. Super Mario Brothers, Double Dragon, oh, that one was fun um, yep. in the worst possible way. Uh, but yep. yeah, you, it, you could do a lot worse mm. watching a film on a Sunday afternoon. You know, if you do get a chance to watch this, give it a go. You'll get a chuckle. You can't ask for more, really. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, yeah, thanks for listening to another episode, folks. Join the Discord server. Uh, if you go to waffleandtailers.rock slash Discord, it'll automatically redirect you there. We're on Twitter and Facebook. We're not on Mastodon yet because like, we're still figuring out which servers to join and stuff like that. If We even, we may even set one up of our own. I don't know. Depends on how I go about it. Um, it might be better just to join it's, the community it's, server. Or it's kind of hard. If, it's kind of hard trying to jump on a dinosaur anyway. So Absolutely. Or indeed, if we do um, join one, it might be I join one separately to Squidge. We don't know. But anyway, yeah, um, thanks for, for listening in, folks. Head over to waffledetailers.rock slash contact for ways to get in touch with us. If you want your opinions on the show and don't want to join the Discord server, um, get in touch with us in 240 characters or less over on Twitter. Uh, we're on Facebook. We've got uh, Twitter. I nearly said Mixer. We've got Twitch and uh, YouTube as That's well. That's a throwback. <laughs> yeah, right. I was actually, uh, side note, I was going through my password manager the other day and noticed I had two Mixer accounts. I was like, oh, right, okay, I better delete those because they're pointless now. Yeah. um, Yeah, so go ahead and head over. I want to know what your thoughts on Mortal Kombat Annihilation are. Without talking about the the new one, or the newer one, Mortal Kombat 2021, because again, I haven't seen it, get in the Discord and tell me what you think about it because I'm really, really interested. So spoiler that free. Reason, we need spoiler yeah, free. Yeah, yeah, please spoiler free for for Mortal Kombat 2021 because I haven't watched it yet. When we cover it on the show, it will be the very first time I watch it. So get in my raw my raw opinion. So there you go. Mm. Um but yes, with all that being said, thank you ever so much for listening, Squidge. It's been a pleasure as it always is. Mm. And I will I'll see you all again real soon.
Finish him. Dun, dun, dun. I like it. As a world building thing, that's fantastic. That's a brilliant excuse for um, why all of the fights take, in a diff take place. Let me try that again. It's a shame that doesn't come up on the Discord audio. You know, it starts yeah, off that... now recording. Yeah. Now recording. Take your monocle and shove it up your ring. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's all held on with magnets, like the Apple Mac and my penis. So... Right. Okay. <laughs> it adds shallow characters, low-budget special effects, and mindless combat scenes. Stop telling me the good stuff about this film. You know? I can only get so erect. Yes, yes, please. I can't stand <laughs> up anymore, you know? Uh <laughs> Two live-action movies that were direct-to-DVD or whatever with Jerry Ryan, a.k.a. Seven of Nine, playing Sonya Blade. So that's fun. I need them. <laughs> for, for, for mostly professional reasons. Yeah, 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 yeah. For for, for research and scientific reasons, right? Okay. The uh, energy drinks have kicked in, then, have they? No, it's it's worse. I've taken some pre-workout, so I'm gonna be I'm gonna oh, be fully awake in about a minute. 